Well, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I do know that his brain doesn't work like other people. And what he does isn't intended to be annoying. If he's getting on your nerves, you just take a break. Spend some time away from him. You're telling me I just have to deal with this stuff? Is that it? I just, uh, I just got to deal with this stuff? Yeah, that's about it. Out of curiosity, does he have any special abilities? Well, I mean, he's got a pretty good memory. He can uh, count toothpicks. Huh? Toothpicks. They spilled a box of toothpicks on the floor, and they took one look at him and knew exactly how many, how many counted them in seconds. Huh. Right. Raymond? Yeah? Are you good with numbers? Yeah. Do you know how much 312 times 123 is? 38376. He's right. What? He's right. He's right? Yeah. In his particular case, he's pretty well off. He's very high functioning. Most autistics, they can't speak or they can't communicate. Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome Hello. to the film room. Oh, what's that? We have two guests. Yes. Hey, yeah. Yeah. What are we doing here? <laughs> I don't know. Joining us today are uh, Mason Daniel. Hello. And Thomas Dostrowski. Hello. Uh, who you might remember from the uh, Magnolia Opus and Exploitation cast, respectively. And we're having them on for a very specific reason. April is Autism Acceptance Month. Acceptance yes. Month. Not awareness. We're all aware. <laughs> Yes, we are. This felt like the time since uh, the two of you are uh, both Spectrum folks, and so am I. This felt mm -hmm. like the time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, wanted, we wanted to give a good, full discussion, and our today's subject is the Ur movie of autism movies, although we are going to discuss a few other things. I, I certainly have a few other topics I want to get to. Oh, me too. We're, we're discussing the Ur autism movie, Rain Man, today. Mm -hmm. The movie that has dogged our community ever since it was released, and we'll dog it until the end of time, I'm convinced. Yeah. yeah. And the, 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 the issue that... I have so many thoughts on this movie. I have so many issues with this movie. Uh, wh why this movie? Again, it's the movie. It's the one that everybody talks about when they talk about autism. Y you can't have a discussion about the subject without that coming up. And it's the movie that sets so many things that people think of autism in people's minds. It was the code setter. Um, and for big reason, it was actually the biggest grossing movie of 1988. Yeah, that blew me away. Yeah, like I read that. I'm like, wait, what? Like, huh. like okay, like there wasn't any blockbusters out. Like, I can't remember. But uh, there was a big right. one. There was a huge one. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was number two. Oh, that's right. I was going okay. to say, wasn't that the same year? And why wasn't that the biggest movie? Yeah, like, that's interesting. Okay. In 2016, it would be the biggest grossing movie, and I don't think Rain Man would crack 100 million. It, I don't okay. think it cracked 50. Well, you say that, but American Sniper was the highest grossing movie of 2014, so. That's yeah. true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We make, we make, we make, we, we've been urged to cover that one. We probably won't. Yeah, thank God. I just, like, I've gotten to, well, you know, maybe Austin knows yeah. better than anyone, but I've, I've ended so many friendships over American Sniper, it's not even funny. I'm uh, I'm afraid to watch it. <laughs> I'm afraid to read it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because actually, well, my library gave me, they gave me a copy of the book because I won it at an Oscar party when oh, American oh, Sniper no. was in the running, and uh, I'm like, you I got through maybe 10 pages and I haven't <laughs> since. 
Well, yeah. you know, it's funny though. Like, you wouldn't be any different from Clint Eastwood or anyone else involved in the movie because the movie's so like tone deaf that like you're like, wait, did they actually read this book? Like, because they say adapted from, but clearly they skipped over some pretty big passages to make their movie. I continue to wonder what would have happened if Steven Spielberg had made that movie. It would have, it would have few... been like one of the best movies of that year. Like, it would have been great. It, it could have had like the moral bleakness of Munich, and like it would have been awesome. Yes. Yeah, because I think that's what Spielberg would have done with it. He yeah. would have done a very dark, unpleasant, unsettling film. As it stood, Eastwood just kind of signed off on it. My understanding is he didn't. He wasn't even involved in post production, from what I understand. Well, yeah, he 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 only did one take for most of the shots. Yeah, clearly, he he, he shot the movie, he uh, filmed it, and then he walked on. And uh, Bradley Cooper was actually responsible for the final edit of the film. Despite oh, wow. never having directed a film before. Oh. Oh, no. Rocket. <laughs> I know. Why, Rocket? Why? Uh, but if anybody wants to know why uh, I chose to see Paddington that day instead of... Because uh, it came out the same weekend as Paddington. That's what I chose to see instead. I have zero regrets. No, yeah. No. Oh, hell yeah. Paddington's awesome. It is. I went to Target yesterday and saw that movie on the shelf. It's like, hey, it's Paddington. See, I, 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 I still haven't seen it, but, like, it, it blew me away, because, like, I remember everyone thinking, saying how bad that first trailer was. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a like, bad trailer. It was, but I guess everyone said, like, well, that's the only bad part of the movie that they showed. Or and whatever. even in con- and in context, it's a much better scene in context. Okay, that's what I thought, too, because I'm, I'm wondering, like, okay, they just picked, yeah. like, the one scene that they think could appeal to everybody, like, on the, on the most lowest common denominator, so. That's the toothbrush scene? Yeah. The, yeah. Scene, yeah. The, pay, yeah. the payoff now, to that is funnier than the actual scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the actual movie itself is wonderful. The actual movie itself is like uh, it would make an amazing double feature with Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. Yes. I can see that. Yeah. Like, because from what I saw in the trailer, it looked like the staging looked very Wes Anderson. Very, mm-hmm. very Wes Anderson in the best way. Uh, yes. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. As usual, we've gotten off topic, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's 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 which we will do for the rest of the cast. Um, oh yeah! But uh, in in this case, as I said, the movie was the highest grossing film of 1988, narrowly outdoing Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Which, let's face it, in 2016, Who Framed Roger Rabbit would be a blockbuster under any circumstances. Oh yeah! yeah. It's still a technical mm-hmm. masterpiece. You look at it, you're like, how the hell did they get away with half this stuff? Right. I, I don't even. I don't even limit it to just a, t- a technical. I was sh- I was shocked by how great it is on a creative level. Oh, absolutely. Level. Yeah. I mean, it is like you have to think about the fact that for every frame of that movie that is that has animation in it, the animators worked with a like with an individual printout of that frame to draw over. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Jesus, it is. Yeah. Well, well, clearly that doesn't catch America's uh, interest. Besides. Uh, uh, you know, showing us what autism is, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this movie. I, I'm i just going to say right off the bat, I have very complicated feelings about this movie. As do I. Like, I rewatched it last night for the first time in, like, years. And I was just tell- I was telling Thomas and Albert that, like, it was the first time I watched it since coming to terms with my autism. Like, when I watched it for, for the first time, I was like, okay, well, it's good. Like, I knew I had autism, kind of, when I first mm-hmm. watched it, but I was kind of kind of denying it or whatever i had a lot of other stuff going on but like when i watched it last night you know it's like since then like you know i've come to grips with it i accept it you know so it was very very different and and yeah i have very mixed feelings on it too i mean i think i've got 
I've got mixed feelings on it. Well, but my story actually goes back to when my parents were dating. They saw Rain Man on their first date. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. I'd like to think there's some kind of car- karma. Co- like, look at me now. I mean. Uh. <laughs> uh. Well, uh, for those who've read the book, um, and I know a, at least a couple of y'all have, actually. Um, it actually came out when my mother was trying to figure out what I was. And she's never seen it to this day. Oh, okay. Uh, she refuses to watch it, and I think it's for the better for her that she oh, does guys. Yeah. I mean, as a, I have very mixed feelings about this movie. And I'm going to say this. I think it is a very well-acted, very well-made film that has mm-hmm. codified all of the worst tropes about portraying autism in the media. This is the movie that codified so many terrible, atrocious ideas that we're still trying to deal with the damage that this movie did. And it's frustrating because there are some wonderful performances. There's some wonderful scenes. And there's a a lot that the movie does get right. I will say that there's a lot that it gets right. There's a lot it gets wrong. Yeah. It's a frustrating mixed bag of a movie. Definitely. Like, I feel like, um, when I was watching it, like, you know what? Like, it's not as flawed as this movie, but I feel like it was like the Dallas Buyers Club of its time where like it, it, it put a light on like a minority or, or not a minority, but like uh, like a, a group of people like a marginalized group of people and people just took it and ran with it when they didn't consider like, oh, wait, they're not all like that. Like, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. That's. I mean, I think it's a much better movie than Dallas Buyers Club. But oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Dallas Buyers Club is a piece of shit. Like, it's a terrible so movie. Bad. I mean, but at least Rain good. Man, at least Rain Man, like with its good intentions, it it produced some like actually, like you said, some actual good scenes, some great performances that didn't feel like they were like, you know, trying to like trying to what am I trying to say? You know, like they were as Oscar Beatty, I guess, like in, in no. some respects. Well, I mean, e- even the performance, of course, that did win the Oscar um, Hoffman. Yeah, he's got at least a measure of restraint. Uh, oh yeah, and he, and he and he did work with autistic people, and he yeah, and he yeah. tried. He actually clashed with the producers and the writers. Like, look, like I don't want this character to be like this. Like, hmm. they're trying nice. to they're trying to they're trying to steer his character into a more like cliche, like really like grown worthy like aspect. But he's like, no, I want to make this a little bit more legit. It's like, okay, well, points for that. It's just sorry, yeah. It, it, it it's just a shame it didn't come across the whole way through. It is. It is. What's funny is that uh, this film was like my introduction to the concept of autism, but it was also my introduction to Dustin Hoffman. So oh, wow. every performance I saw after that, uh, to a point, was kind of weird. Oh, I even can see that, yeah. For him, yeah. I, found, I found that even when the movies aren't great, Hoffman's almost always at least, he's rarely less than great. I mean, there oh, are yeah. movies that... I absolutely despise with a flaming passion. I think everybody can guess which one I'm about to name. I, I heard of these. Mm. Yes! Yeah. I hate that movie <laughs> How'd you so know? much. AKA, I hate Huckabees. I, yeah. Uh, that was actually what I labeled my review. Uh, or, or as I would say, I, I hate Fuckabees. <laughs> yes. But he's so good in it. That's the thing he that's is. so frustrating. He's yeah. awesome in it. I just wanted to like follow him, but yeah, instead, Lily Tomlin—they're uh, the best characters in that movie. They're great. They're great. They're off in their own little movie. And uh, just an aside for people who hate that movie, just just watch the uh, just watch the footage of the onset meltdowns from that movie, 
It's, oh man, it's kind of cathartic. You know, I, you actually like I, I like have all those videos. Like Hoffman was the one who looked the most patient. He's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like, I've been in the guys. business long enough. Exactly. And you know yeah. what? It, you know, and, and just like just real quick, we'll get we'll get off this. But like, I feel like it's so funny. Watch, like I saw those videos before watching the movie, and I felt like, wow, like that meltdown was worth nothing. Like mm-hmm. he got so worked up for a, a, such a piece of shit. I'm like, all right, I, I hate this movie even more now because he got so worked up. And calling the actors so many names when the movie was a piece of shit to begin with. So, well, it's like okay, <laughs> Jaws and Go- and The Godfather were nightmarish sets to be on, but they produced but... Jaws and The Godfather. Yeah, exactly. Like, yes. And Spielberg and Spielberg didn't call all, uh, like anybody like any slurs or anything. It's like he was kind of <laughs> nice to people at least when trying to make his movie. Right. Yeah. No, I I, I hate David O. Russell so much. Me too. Um, well, anyway. I mean, let's... Let's get yeah, back to another problematic... Uh, yeah. That's a movie we may come to film. at some point for a cast. I would love to go through that movie scene for scene and tear it apart for a cast. And we see, may yeah. yet. See, I, I don't think I could watch it again, to be honest. I I still haven't seen it yet. I got it from my library a few weeks ago with the intention of, like, with what I've been hearing from you guys beforehand about how terrible it was, but I didn't get around to it. Hmm. You Maybe it's fate. You should have just to see it and to know how bad it is. Here's how bad it is. At one point, there's a scene between Jason Schwartzman and uh, Talia Shire where they literally seem so uncomfortable. You'd think they had just met on set minutes before that. And their mother and son in real, and their mother and son in real life. But they seem so awkward and so painful together that you're like, did they just meet? Oh, wow. I I forgot all about that. See, all I remember, like, is like the one that offended me was like when they bring in Isabel Huppert near the end. I'm just like, wow, you're, oh. just, using her, you're just using her as a sex doll. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That oh. was really frustrating. And of course she's still great in it because she's yeah, awesome. She's not. That's the thing. Like that. people shine through uh, Russell's movies. It's just a shame to what he, what ends he goes to, to make sure they get good performances. Mm-hmm. Hoffman did work with real ones. He worked with uh, Kim peak was the one that he worked with the most. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it does show. He does have a lot of things. The problem is autistic people are very specific. They're very mm-hmm. individual. And unfortunately, this movie kind of codified a trope that isn't really the norm for autistic people. Oh, yeah. Like, I think several, I, I, I would think. Several. Many. So let's get the the one that frustrates me. First of all, for those who don't know the plot, we're going to do the Nathan procedure right off the bat. <laughs> the plot is uh, Tom Cruise who is just phenomenal in the film. I do want to point oh, that great. out. Oh, he's great. Yeah. He's great. He's great. By the way, Mason, this is the second film you've been on here. Uh, with Tom Cruise? With Tom Cruise, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that just came to me. Yeah, thank you for pointing that out. With Tom Cruise kind of playing an asshole, too. That's true. It, you know, if we do Vanilla Sky, I'll keep this in mind. Yes. Not only is the second Tom Cruise movie, it's the, it's the second movie where he, he starts out as an asshole, but then he starts to come around. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Vanilla Sky would be one where he never really does. I, I, yeah. just, I just love that movie. That's all that I want to say. But um, but all OK, right. the, the plot is Cruise is a man whose uh, father dies and uh, he discovers that all of he's the son of a rich man. He discovers that all of his father's money is going to a trust. The trust is paying for his autistic brother he didn't realize he had and he sets out to get his hands on the money because he's deep in debt you know what this is all a cliched plot yeah yeah it is 
He tries to go get his brother. The brother refuses to fly across the country, and we have a road trip movie. Yeah, was, which I was pointing out to Austin last night. This is probably the first time I've ever seen that trope, where the trope is actually not that much of a cop-out. No, it isn't, yeah. actually. Come to think of it. There's a legit reason for not taking a plane. Yeah. Yeah. The plot is really just an excuse to depict the bond that grows between these two brothers. And so, as I said, let's get back to the tropes, because that's the thing that this movie does. This movie codifies some tropes that are very, very irritating. And let's get the most irritating one off the bat. I am so sick of the savantism trope. Yeah, because that has shown up in everything since this. Yeah. And it's only like, you know, it's only like certain people with autism that have that syndrome, the savant syndrome. And thanks to this movie, like people think, oh, well, you know, what's even funnier is that like, you know, the dialogue in the movie, even though like it's it's based off information that was like not concrete at the time, like people still ignored that dialogue, like saying, oh, well, all autistic people are like that. Well, it's like, no, they said that some autistic people like the doctor in the beginning clearly says like, no, well. It's not like all autistic people, not quite, but then, like, you know, people just took and ran with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he even goes so far as to say, well, he's actually pretty high-functioning. Some autistic people can't speak. Which, Which nowadays, is... the with the whole dialogue of functioning labels being pointless, yeah, it's, like, kind it, of it kind of stings a bit. Yeah, it yeah. does. I really hate... I... I, I don't... When, when people ask me about it, I always say I don't choose to wear a functioning label i don't like it i mean the way that i see here's the thing there are days where i'm today i'm actually very you know i'm quote unquote high today i'm in a good mood i've gone grocery shopping and i uh saw my dad this morning there the uh on wednesday i had a violent brutal anxiety meltdown uh in my car so i was low that day so come on i range from day to day i range from moment to moment that's just and how you know it what? is. Yeah, and you could say that about anybody, really. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's like that. Doesn't matter yeah. if you're on the spectrum or not. No. So, yeah, you're right. It did codify the high-low uh, savantism thing, though. That really annoys me because, for one thing, I'm absolutely crap at math. I am atrocious at math. Same. Me too. Yep. It's... I, I, I prefer writing. Which, you know, obviously I prefer writing. That's obviously the the milieu that I'm most comfortable in. But it's like that whole autism superpower thing. There are so many people that I meet that believe that's true. Yeah. And you know what makes it worse is that they they watch that and then they, and then they watch The Hangover. And then it, it gets more like in their head. I don't know if you guys remember that scene from The Hangover. They make fun of yes, the whole casino I do. I scene. Reference. I do not remember that. <laughs> it's a straight ripoff of this movie. It's a straight direct reference. They even like go as far as to add like little visual stuff of like Zach Galifianakis. Like there's these little visual like numbers going through his head. It's like, uh, okay, oh, dude. It's I not like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Well, talk, talk about a comedy that has not aged well in like less than a decade. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's pathetic how poorly that movie has aged. Uh I never really thought it was funny in the first place. I watched Me it. Me neither. Like, like I was the only one in my in my group of friends that didn't like it. I'm like, eh, it's not like people are like, oh, are you kidding? It's so amazing. I'm like, no. I still haven't seen The Hangover, so. Well, you know what? Good. You don't have to. You don't. No. It's a serviceable movie that somehow, that somehow got a trilogy. Somehow got a yeah. trilogy and does not really have a very good payoff and is not really that funny. No, not at all. 
it's it's one that it's it's of a piece with Bruno from the same year where there are oh, movies yeah. that I thought they were funny in theaters. And then I've tried to go back to them and they just honestly, oh, yeah. I, I'm, I can't believe I'm saying this. I think there might be a small part of me that over time may wind up preferring the Seltzer and Friedberg Vegas movie more than that one. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's not good. But as time no, goes by, uh, but as time goes by and I think more and more on best night ever, I'm like, you know, there were things about it. I didn't hate. Yeah. Well, you're still know, bad. Yeah. Still well, bad. But. Well, real quick though. Like I always recommended whenever, whenever people said, Oh, I love the hangover. I'm like, well, I always thought hot tub time machine and horrible bosses were way better comedies that oh, were in that much same better, vein. Much better. It was just much a shame. Better. It was just a shame that the hangover like got all these iconic things from it that people kept quoting. I'm like, okay, well, Oh, Hot Tub Time yes. Machine is much funnier. Has much oh stronger God. female characters too. Oh yeah, and that it has oh, any. Yeah. I guess that it has that. any. <laughs> or well, or oh, any cool. that don't like that aren't either like you know strippers, or or or, or uh, like are waspy like ex wives. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least I mean, at least uh, Hot Tub Time Machine had Lizzie Kaplan doing uh, great work. Oh yeah. Wait, did no, I say the, was- did I say waspy? I'm sorry, I didn't mean. Yes, I didn't you did. That. Oh, The Hangover has aged horribly um yeah much like and, uh our right man <laughs> so let's get yeah <laughs> but i mean but yeah but i mean yeah so okay you've got all that stuff the whole he's a, you know he's a savant and i mean seriously people they equate that they equate the now there is the adherence to routine that's yes. one thing i can't i can't say that the movie got that completely wrong i'll be no. honest i'm yeah but they kind of exaggerated it. Oh, they do. Now. Like I felt, I felt, I felt like when they tipped the boat was when, um, when they're on the highway and they had to like he had to walk in front of his car the whole time. I'm like, okay, let's just not. Yeah. No. Now you're just belaboring it. Yeah. Or like and, the and... whole, uh, ten minutes to Wapner thing. For me, I didn't realize it at the time, like growing up. But Veggie Tales referenced Rain Man. Did it? Oh no! Yes, it did. It, in the in the like towards the end of the first Pirates Who Don't Do Anything song, one of the characters, like they're talking about what are they going to watch, and one of the characters says it's definitely time for Wapner. And as a kid, you don't pick up on that, but after I watched uh, the movie, I'm like, wait, did they I kinda, really go there? I kind of uh, love Veggie Tales. One of the things that uh, kind of does not help this movie is that it's very quotable. Yeah, that's a shame. For the wrong it, reasons. It is. For the wrong reasons, yes. Blame friggin' Ron Bass, uh, who uh, reworked the script. Yeah, I was going to say, like, along with Hoffman, um, it was the other guy. What was the other screenwriter's name besides... Uh, uh, it was Barry Morrow? Yeah, Barry besides Morrow. Morrow and, Barry Morrow and Ron Bass wrote the script. Um, okay, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, um, whatever guy you didn't mention, um, he was the one who actually was along with Hoffman. He knew uh, Kim Peek, and yes. he and he was actually very aware of like you know like of how autistic people actually are. But I guess the other guy you mentioned who reworked the script, I guess he just wanted to put more cliche stuff in it. Yes. And, yeah. So, which I believe because I've looked at Bass's other movies and they're pretty much wall to wall cliches. Um. He did another movie. Uh, he did a movie about um, Asperger's syndrome, which, to be clear, is no longer considered its own separate thing. No. it's that's technically what my diagnosis was. Um, Dang. Oh, mine too. I just, yeah, I just use autistic. I just use autistic. Yeah, me too. Yep. 
But uh, it's but it's but but uh, he did a, another movie called Mozart and the Whale, which a friend of mine has recommended to me over and over again, and which I refuse it, to watch. It's I saw it once. It's it's okay, but it's really not that great. That's that's kind of why I've avoided it. I'm like, I don't want to have to go through this if it's not going to be something of value. Yeah. It, what movie is that? Mozart and the Whale. It. It's supposed to be a love story between two autistics. I see. And no interest. It, it's it's trying to be Benny and June, but not really. Oh, okay. Oh, and there's a movie that's also aging just wonderfully, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like I always, whenever people say, "Oh, I love Young Johnny Depp," I'm like, "Well, just go watch Ed Wood. That's that's all about you." Should yeah. watch. Yes. Yeah. That's, and Edward Scissorhands. That's about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Back before he and Burton got really self-indulgent, basically. Oh yeah, when when Giant Depp actually knew how to play two different characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but I I think it's interesting that you bring that up. That yeah, that Morrow uh, and Hoffman originally had other ideas. Part of the problem too was that there was another director who was supposed to do this movie, and and couldn't due to contractual obligations. Steven Spielberg was attached until very late in the film, and he had to go shoot Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, I read that just last night. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And the problem is they brought in Barry Levinson. Yeah, which I do not like. I feel like this one movie is the reason why he keeps getting work. Because, you know, uh-huh. he won be- he won Best Director for this, which I don't, but, still don't know why. But, like, he yeah, all, all of his other movies since shoot. then... Yeah, that's the thing. All of his other movies since then, like, with a few exceptions, have been, like, like, nothing but crap. Like, in fact, like, one of the worst movies I've ever seen, like, one of my least favorite movies is one he did, which was uh, Envy. I don't know if you guys remember that movie. Oh, the Jack Black movie? Yeah, with Ben Stiller. It's so bad. He did. That was him? That was him. I somehow somehow forced that movie out of my mind until now. (laughs) Sorry (laughs) about that. Oh, boy. It's a movie where the plot is literally centered around shit, so I understand. It is. It's it's based around people's idiocy where they don't know what the concept of disintegration is. It yeah, pretty bad. Uh, now let me point this out. Uh, like yeah, you're right because as I was thinking back through his filmography, the only movie that he's done outside of this one that I have any really positive feelings Wag about. The dog. Even, yeah, it's yeah, Wag the Dog. That's about it. That's yeah, it. that's that's when I said exceptions. Like I feel like that's the one that people like. Like, but that's it, and that's only. Really, because that was a movie with a murderer's row cast. Oh, yeah. Because uh, you had De Niro when he was still trying, Hoffman, who was amazing in it, yep. uh, Dennis Leary, Willie Nelson, Woody Harrelson absolutely tearing it up in his one scene. Um, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's really hard to fail when you're that, when you're working. Oh, and a script by David Mamet. Uh, oh, yeah. Mamet I forgot really about lost that. his mind. Mm. Yeah, right. Well, actually, so it, um, real quick though, uh, his day—I de- don't know if it was his debut, but before Rayman, he had a movie called uh, Diner, which I hear is really good too. Yeah, yeah, Diner's pretty good. Diner's okay, pretty yeah. Good. So there's three movies out of maybe over a dozen. So <laughs> that's not good. Fun fact: According to David Mamet's book, uh, Godzilla vs. Bambi, the perfect movie is Galaxy Quest. That's a good answer. It is a good answer. It's not a bad answer. It's not a bad nope. answer. I, I didn't expect not... David Mamet to be a fan of that movie. To be honest. I know, right? Oh, actually, you know what? Actually, that makes sense because that explains why Tim Allen is in Red Belt. Oh, oh really? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because Tim Allen's in Red Belt and is really good in it too. That's the thing. Like, I haven't seen Red Belt, but I'm like, wait, it's weird that Tim oh. Allen's in it. Then yeah, oh, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. Uh, Chiwetel oh, yeah. Four gets a rare star performance and absolutely tears it up, and it's good. Yeah, so, I, I gotta watch a lot of David Mamet's, like both his screenplays and his directorial work. He's just a guy I need to get into. But anyway, yeah, um, but again, it, getting back to this movie because we, yeah. this yeah. is how we all. This, the, don't worry. This is kind of always how I planned this cast to go. We, okay. you know what's funny is that like it's like we're trying to talk about anything besides this movie. It just goes to show. Like. <laughs> also, keep in mind, keep in mind, we have three people with autism and a guy with ADD. So yeah, I was just yeah, gonna say it's that. gonna yeah, go yeah, this way. Like, yeah, it's like well, hey, I I've got both. So well, there you go. Yeah, I got such. I got like touch both too. It's like you do the game before you went in here, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's. It's it's fascinating, but again, yeah, I mean, I wonder what would have happened with Spielberg because this was uh, this would have been Spielberg circa '88. It uh, it wasn't just I, Spielberg attached to the project. Yeah, it was uh, Sidney Pollack. Yeah, Sidney Pollack and uh, Martin Brest, according to uh, Neurotribes. Okay, so it's two great directors and uh, the director of Gigli and uh, Scent of a Woman. Joe Black. Oh boy. <laughs> and meet Joe Black. Wow. Oh, well, man. Brest has a lot of crimes to answer for, doesn't he? And you know what? He has the one that they do list in Neurotribes is a Beverly Hills cop. Yeah, like that's his only not that, good again, enough. Again, like Levinson, like that was his one great movie, and then like he just happened to get more work, and he actually hasn't popped up since Gili, so I guess he took the hint. Yeah, Gili <laughs> actually killed it for him, which I'm fine with because. We covered Geely. It's horrible. Oh, you it's have? Really... Oh, I, I gotta watch. I gotta re- listen to that episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was our. That was our second cast, I believe. We covered oh, wow. that. We covered that in Argo in the same cast, and uh, <laughs> because of Ben Affleck, they're different movies. Yeah. Well, well, actually, real quick, speaking of Affleck in that in that era when he was with J Lo, the I don't know if you guys remember, but like you know, Affleck and J Lo, they, they thought they were such a power couple that that they tried to get a remake of uh, Casablanca off the ground. Oh, oh excuse me i'll be right back i gotta go uh have the hate nosebleed um <laughs> <laughs> see austin i thought you know known about because i know you, casablanca is your favorite movie i thought you would know about that oh I, I i knew about it vaguely but i forgot but i blocked it out of the memory yeah <laughs> but, but i mean uh, but okay pollock i can imagine probably would have done an amazing job on this this yeah, would have played with that sort of material his strength uh i can imagine that you know, again, Spielberg in this age oh, could yeah. have done something really great. Um, of course, Spielberg hadn't yet, I think, evolved into quite the solid director of this level of film. But I think no, he could have done a great quite. But uh, But he was on his way. And I no, think he was he had... on his way. It's just like he was mostly doing genre stuff. And, like, I feel yeah. like the, the one drama he did in the late 80s was uh, Always. I feel like that was the only drama he did, well, the straightforward drama, I guess. In all fairness, he had um, Empire of the Sun and uh, Color Purple were behind oh, yeah. him. Well, those are historical dramas. Well, I'm just talking about, like, you know, when he... Yeah. He did, His emerging like, from the chrysalis was uh, Jurassic Park slash Schindler's List. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No director is ever going to have a year like that, ever. Nope. Apparently, uh, he would uh, take, like, in between making those movies, he would sit down and watch episodes of uh, uh, Animaniacs. Yep. <laughs> Just a preview. And also, and also, in between Schindler's List, he had had to have Robin Williams call him up and tell him jokes just to cheer him up. Aww. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. But this, this, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wonder what they would have done because I'm really convinced it was bringing on Bass and 
bringing on Levinson that turned this movie for the glurge because you can see in Hoffman's performance that he's trying to steer the movie to a more sane and rational direction. He's trying to steer it away because he really does. Aside from the meltdown scenes, which I'm going to say right now, I thought were extraordinarily not wrong. I'm just going to say that. They oh, were, no, yeah, absolutely not. Like when I watched it for the first time, I actually had to pause the movie after those scenes and go outside and get some air because they reminded me too much of my own. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he does I mean, get things right. I mean, in fact, he did. He improvised some stuff on the spot, too, like like some hmm. character interactions with Tom Cruise. So I'm like, OK, well, yeah, he was trying like. Yeah, I give him that. But it's, but it's, but I really think it was probably Bass drawing this, you know, because he's the guy that did My Best Friend's Wedding was one of his scripts. Which there's a movie I'm there's a movie I'm not a fan of. Yeah, not at all. Although yeah. I, I think that movie would be so much better if it realized it was from the perspective of a sociopath. Yeah, but it exactly. doesn't really seem to commit to it. Oh, is it one of those where like you know if you just change the musical score to a horror score, it'd be like a whole different movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's a movie where at the end, the filmmaker, the character does seem to realize, oh, I'm kind of a horrible person and should be getting away from all of this. But the movie isn't willing to fully commit to it. It's bothersome. Uh, where the movie, where that movie should have ended where is where she realizes her scheme is going to fall through and like she admits what's going on to her friend. And he says, no, you're not pond scum. You're lower than pond scum. That's where the credit should roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But instead it bends over backwards to find a happy ending. And it's like, no, nope. no, you, you want to see the real world version of this movie? Watch young adult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it would really go. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, that's such, that's such an underappreciated movie. It is. Yeah. That's, that's a really good one, but I don't know, but I, yeah, there's so much, but okay. You've got, you know, his tics, which are the, the constant adherence to routine. Okay, here's how I see that. That's more of a child thing. It That's is. That's more of child odd. That's the problem mm. that I think I fundamentally have with this movie is a lot of these symptoms are accurate for childhood autism. Oh, yeah. Mm. I was, I was thinking more of that. That's a problem. Yeah, because when I watched the movie for the first time, I related to it only because I went to a school for autistic kids. So I didn't make that connection. Like, wait, this is supposed to be for a kid, not for an adult autistic. So, hmm. but adult autistics are completely erased in in the mass media. So of course this movie, and I, I there's kind of some truth to that in that they didn't really know how to treat adult autistics. So okay, childhood stuff was more and more prone to being, you know, it lasted longer to be blunt mm-hmm. in '88, but. That's still really problematic that this character does act like a child version and not like, I mean, you're wondering what were they, what were they doing to teach it? You know, this facility seems pretty horrible. Now yeah. I, I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like, like, in fact, like, uh, I was at like the little scenes they showed, like, you know, the other patients and stuff. I'm just like, man, like, it's like, they like took like, a like, uh, like a, a cliche book of like a- anything you could get to make a psychiatric a psychiatric like, hospital yeah. Psych- yeah. Psych- sorry, psychiatric hospital of like autistic of a patient list like it's, it's like they tried to like take off like a checklist of everything like combine that with another viewing of one flew over the cuckoo's nest uh, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, see i love see the, 
one with the cuckoo's nest though like that's the whole stuff for me i do too but here's the yeah, thing that... though like the one that the, the the one image that pissed me off when they sh- were walking through the hospital is that there's this painting on the wall it was like a handprint painting it just said hand i'm just like okay like they, uh... they clearly made that themselves like I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that not one of those patients made that like because yeah. it's like okay man all right really it's just... like like when i was watching the institute like the Walbrook scenes, it's like I made a note to count like the gender difference. I I counted four girls in the entirety of Walbrook as patients. Hmm. I yeah. I don't know if that's something that should be discussed further, but it's it, it seems a, a little se- bit off. There is a severe imbalance in female diagnosis, but I mean that's and and it was certainly true then, but. Wow, I mean, you're right. There, there is that issue of that. Yeah, it's severe gender imbalance. Um, surprisingly, again, for the fact that they're treating him, for the fact this character seems stuck in adolescence, I didn't see very many children. No, yeah. that's the, that's the interesting thing. Like, because they say that they brought him in when he. Well, actually, no, he was an adult when they brought him in. Like, it was just that Tom Cruise was a kid when mm-hmm. uh, he was he was put in. But um, yeah, I mean, that was interesting too. Well, actually, like I, from what I remember, like the like the shots that they that they picked from when Tom Cruise and his girlfriend were walking through the hospital, like I felt like, yeah, you're right, there were a little bit few fewer women, but like I don't know, like I feel like they're they glossed it over so quick that like I'm like, okay, they just want to make a quick like uh, montage of like, oh, oh, let's gain some sympathy for these people. I'm like, okay, and okay, and you point and y- y'all reference one flew over the cuckoo's nest. The thing about that institution is it's supposed to be corrupt. It's oh, supposed yeah. to be terrible. It's not supposed to be a reflection of every institution. It's supposed to be a very specific, horrible situation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is why that movie is still great mm-hmm. and doesn't bother people uh, oh, no. nearly as much. Is because well, it's, it's a great movie. I mean, Jack Nicholson yeah, is incredible. Yeah, in it's one of my all-time favorites. It used to be one of my all-time – like, my, it used to be my all-time favorite movie. And then, um, then it moved to about Schmidt, which was another Jack Nicholson movie. Which is such a great movie. I oh, love that too. And and now it's Magnolia. So I've got a good track record of favorite movies. You know what? Those so. are you, you know what? None of those are movies to be ashamed of. Those are all amazing. Not, not at all. No. <sighs> I'm really worried that Alexander Payne is finally going to make a movie that I'm going to outright hate. By the way. Why? Because he's doing uh, his next movie is Downsizing, and it's based on one of his worst scripts he's ever written. Okay. I've read the script. It's atrocious. It's not a good script. It's a silly, stupid flight of fancy script that completely goes away from everything he does right as a writer. Oh, that's um, too bad. You know, as a writer and a director. Because, uh, you know, of course, Nebraska, The Descendants, about Schmidt, Sideways, they're movies that are grounded. They're movies that are in reality. Yeah. This is a bizarre science fiction comedy, and it doesn't work. Oh, I remember this. I remember reading about this. Yeah. I yeah, was like, it, how the hell you got Melissa which I, which really bothers me because again I love Payne's movies so very much. Um, yeah, I, I even like elect, I even like Citizen Ruth and Election, which aren't really that grounded, but they're still funny and they're still oh, really hilarious. And, yeah. and yeah, and then you know, and then as I said, everything he's done since Election has been, you know, hard, believable, poignant, oh, oh, yeah. so good. You know what? I, I I guess maybe the only hope is if Jim Taylor hops on. Because he's usually his screenwriting partner, and that yeah, usually helps. I hope so. I hope so. And it may have been heavily rewritten. Though. I mean, I, I just found that out after all. The uh, seller, as it was the original, was completely gutted to become Ten Cloverfield Lane, and 
Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah so. they gutted that script. Uh, I'm convinced Damien Chazelle probably wrote 85% of what we saw. Oh, yeah. He was supposed to direct it at one point, too. Yeah. Damn. Well, uh, boy, could I tell. That's 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 when yeah. we're going to that's when I'm going to get to on a cast at some point. Yeah, God, I love so that good. movie. Uh, but anyway, getting back to this one. Yeah, it's the institution is so just. Ugh, and but like okay. nowadays, of course, you could get around the adherence to routine. Of course, we're you know, we're time shifting everything. And but yeah, there is. But here's the thing. Adherence to routine just doesn't matter that much as an adult. Once you adapt and realize that, hey, routines aren't set in stone. I mean, that's kind of yeah. really bothersome that the movie depicts that as that it's something that he's still going into as an adult. Yeah. When in reality, you'd be long past that. Yeah. I guess, like, his thing of, like, not understanding the concept of money, I guess that's somewhat accurate, I think. Like, but it's, I think it, they just they just uh, threw it in, and it, it didn't make a good mix with the whole r- routine thing, because they made, basically made him a character that, like, cannot function, and I felt like they were trying to do that for, like, more sympathy reasons than anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so much of it is for sympathy. Yeah. Uh, so much yeah. of his character is to be, yeah, pitied. To yeah. Be pitied. Or or an inconvenience, like for Tom Cruise most of the time. Which is the point, like, with, don't get me wrong, which is their point that that's their intention where Tom Cruise has to put up with it and realize, like, you know what, this is the way he is. Like, I accept it. But there are still some parts of the movie I felt like we're trying way too hard to, like, try, like, oh, isn't this funny how Tom Cruise is getting so in- upset? It's like, eh. What difference does it make? What, what, what difference does it make? Where you buy underwear? What difference does it make? Underwear is underwear. And it's frustrating for us because we're like, you know, we've got logical reasons for how we are. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm very, I'm routine. I'm not going to say that I'm not routine heavy. I mean, I'm very routine heavy. And that is part of our lives. But again, we're adaptable. We can, we can change. I mean. Like, for instance, uh, like I, I start my Every day of my life, I've started with a hot shower and a bowl of cereal, like uh, every day. It's and, just a solid way to do your life. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, well the, well, the thing is, though, let, let, let's say like I'm camping or let's say I'm at a friend's house. If they don't have cereal, you know what? That's fine. I'm not gonna eat cereal. I'll eat some, whatever that else they have. Yeah, <sighs> it's it, it it's bothersome. I mean, you know, triggers. I mean, that's the thing. This movie depicts triggers. In a way that's kind of, as I said, it's frustrating because Hoffman acts the meltdown so well. It does. But yeah. the triggers aren't explained well enough because it does include those triggering scenes. Yeah. Uh, and, then, the, the, and, then it's, and that's pushed even further when, like, uh, when Tom Cruise tries to hug him and then he freaks out. It's like, okay, well, I guess they just, they just did that to gain more sympathy. So it's not even like, consistent. Like with, that like, moment I, I could get for like the touch aversion kind of thing yeah, because that, uh, that's, that's a known version. thing. I, I, I could let that one slide, but not having an explanation for the, like the airplanes or the, or like at least a little bit more background in the whole bath, like the bathroom scene. It occurs to me, uh, Austin, you described triggers to me. Yeah. And I think how you described it is, you know, you just never fucking know when, you know, what's going to set you out. Like, it's... You don't. Yeah, when things don't make sense or whatever. And it's like, this movie almost tries to do the opposite, where it tries to make too much sense of what sets him off. Yeah. Yeah. I I like to point that out. Yeah, they try to back it up with his fixations on, like, you know, reading up statistics and 
mm-hmm. the airplane stuff. But then, like, other stuff, you know, with him wanting his clothes from that Kmart, I'm like, okay, well, that's a bit too specific. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I get it if, like, he's lived in an institution for so long and he's used to going to that Kmart, I guess. But I, I still saw it as, like, just a cheap way, like, to, you know. It's cheap. Yeah, yeah it I mean, is. Even as a child, I didn't care where my clothes came from. I just cared that they were comfy. That's all. Yeah, I, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, for the record, I wear a lot of old Navy stuff, but that's just because it's plain and simple, and that's what yeah. I like. That's just yep. where I like to shop. That's, it's nothing. It's it's taste. It's not. It's that's all it is. Yeah, exactly. It's I don't know. I mean, that's just it. But I think that all of this is building to another thing that really bothers me, which is he doesn't have any inner life at all. No, not at all. I mean, they they just they basically portray him as like a walking like. Uh husk almost like he has no like really much personality aside from like the the couple jokes that he makes near the end which i thought yeah. were nice or, or were like nice moment. or like his room where they of all the all the old books and his baseball cards what, yeah, and, what else is there for him and, and, and like he doesn't show much enthusiasm like he, he doesn't really show like if he had an interest in stuff he doesn't really show much enthusiasm like genuine enthusiasm for for, for much he just he just has the same kind of tone of voice and the same delivery, so it's like, okay, well, I can't really get a sense of if he actually enjoys this stuff or not. You know what? It's like a walking tape recorder, pretty much. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I really want to I really zero in on something, which is you point out the lack of enthusiasm or lack of interest. That's one thing that's, like, universal about us, is that mm. we have interests that we're deeply oh, into. Yeah, absolutely. And that we love to talk about. Yeah, and like... Well, Whatever specific interest we have, we'll, we will talk about it day and night, and we will put as much passion and enthusiasm in it as we can. And, I mean, of course, obviously, for a lot of us, it's film. Uh, yep. Not yep. surprising. But, I mean, and, it's... And comics. Uh, and comics. By the way, I, I just, by the way, I just read uh, Jeff Loeb and uh, Tim Sale's Captain America White before I got on the cast. Oh, yeah. Um, real, yeah, real quick. Um, I thought they... Didn't they have a falling out and then like they finished that like somehow? Like Yeah, I think I think it was that they probably had a falling out, but oops, contractual obligations are contractual. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was gonna say, yeah. But anyway. You know what? It doesn't show. It doesn't show. It's an excellent Okay, excellent good. Book. That's what I was worried it's about because ex- it's excellent. Alright, good. I'll pick it up then. Yeah, it's it's excellent. It's it's on par with their other work, but you kind of read it knowing, oh, this is this is it. Yeah. It's the end of the road there. But um, but it isn't, but it's, it is good. Um, but anyway, yeah, we have interests. We love to talk about them. We love to express we're very energetic and we're very enthusiastic. The, t- the, tr- the trope of the monotone autistic. I've never even known any, I've never even known people who were like, you know, quote unquote, stronger, more severe. I've never known any of them who didn't have energy in their voices. Yeah. When describing thing. things. Passion. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I could think of one, but I'm not sure if this would count because I've seen several people in the autistic community headcanon Mod Pie from My Little Pony as autistic. And we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into headcanoning and stuff. Okay. Hold your thoughts on that. Which, by the way, yesterday's episode was fantastic. It, okay. even though it was a gift of the Magi plot, I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a cliche that works. Um, no, I. I, I just I don't like that. I don't like that trope. I, and and I, I suppose it stems from the fact that we're notorious for, quote unquote, not being good at showing emotion in situations. And I admit there are times where I kind of do blow the emotion. 
I, oh, yeah. I've learned and I've adapted, and that's just it. The, it, it just keep, I keep coming back to, as I said, the thing that this movie gets so wrong is that it depicts us more or less – like I can see why my mother would have looked at this movie and had cause to think, okay, that might be some answers. Well, at the time, because, you know, it was like it was the yeah. one movie that had was focused on yeah. the subject. Well, well, it's like you said, it's like we said earlier, it's 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 cheap manipulation. And I feel like the way the, the, the character's written, it's not in, in a natural, organic way for, with his traits. It's more of like a story mechanic kind of way. It is. And again, I really wonder what what Morrow's original ideas for this project were, because yeah. I would not be surprised to learn that some of the things that we're complaining about weren't in the original ideas there was actually one one idea that like one of the executives suggested and was thankfully dropped from the script entirely uh, i think i think i know what you're gonna say but go ahead cruz and hoffman would be trapped in a barn that was on fire or something like that and hoffman would basically macgyver his way out uh, that's oh, embarrassing I, I, oh wait i didn't hear that one i was thinking of another one actually what, which um, one were you thinking of? Oh, well, I, well, I read on IMDb that there's supposed to be like a, they said it was, it was like a, not a quote unquote action set piece where like, uh, Hoffman was going to be harassed by these thugs and then like Tom Cruise had to fight his way through them and like save them. I'm like, okay, that sounds awful. Sounds atrocious. And it would have Both been- ideas <laughs> sound terrible. Yeah. But instead of having a burning barn, they almost have him burn down the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm just I don't know. But but I think there's something else that I really want to make sure that I hit on as we're dealing with the things that this movie gets wrong. As I said, there's no inner life for this character. He's he's really a walking plot device. Yeah, and exactly. that's because fundamentally this movie isn't about him. This nope. movie is about Cruz's character, and that's the trope that this movie has codified that I hate the most, which is stories about autism are never actually about the autistic. They are about how they affect the quote-unquote normal people. And you know what? It's it's like it's like I said with Dallas Buyers Club, like that same sort of thing. But also, unfortunately, it's people of color too. Like with the Great mm-hmm. White Hope movies and everything. Like it's it's oh, like yeah. a trope that it's it's a trope that crosses like all marginalized groups, and, and it's a shame. Yeah. There's there's a movie I forgot what it was, but it was about a trans boy. And they're like from the initial trailers, a lot of trans people were going, "Oh yeah, this looks really great," blah blah blah. And then it became clear what the movie was actually about. It's like, no, it's not actually about them. It's about how people react to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, like okay, even one of the few good movies that I watched about a trans situation in the last five minutes managed to shoot itself in the foot so badly. Oh that my it god! Was, became irredeemable in my. What was eyes. it? It was Tomboy. Oh, really? Oh, that sucks. It is. Here's the thing. That movie is so good. Yeah, I heard it's good. Until the, like, really, it's the last two minutes of the movie where it becomes irredeemable. And it's just like, you obviously did a lot of research up until the moment where you did none. Wow. Uh, It's, it's, it's so aggravating and so offensive. And I mean, that's why I've been, that's why, I've, that's why obviously I haven't watched The Danish Girl, and I won't watch The Danish Girl. I'll never watch nah. it, pretty much. I have no, no desire. I, I wish I had, I, you know, I wish I hadn't seen Dallas Buyers Club. I wish too, like, it was more, it was more curiosity for me, I'm like, damn, I wish I never watched that. Yeah. Uh, in, Matthew, in my mind, Matthew McConaughey's Oscar is a make good because he wasn't nominated for Magic Mike. 
Or uh, Killer Joe. Or Killer Joe. Well, I mean, there's a whole host of performances I could go with. That's just the most recent one. Well, yeah. Well, well, well it's funny you say that because I feel like Dallas Buyers Club is the beginning of. I feel like he's like you know he's had this great career comeback, but now he's like so, slowly like ruining it by starring in the in the worst shit. Like it's not only this. It, it's like uh, what th- there's that Free State of Jones movie that's coming out. That looks bad. It looks bad, and it's supposed to be like and and like apparently his his character is based on a real life guy who who married a slave, but. We haven't seen the slave character in any of the trailers, I think. That's so it's like, okay. And, th- and then he's voicing a character in Illumination Studios' next magnum Ugh. opus, which is Sing. I don't know if you guys um, see the trailer for that. But. The only one that keeps popping up is Secret Life of Pets. Ugh, I fucking hate that. Oh, uh, that like, looks... You know what's bad about that is Jenny Slate is trapped in that, I've noticed. Yeah, Jenny Slate's so talented, too. I'll say this. Without spoiling it, uh, she's in uh, Zootopia. Yeah. Oh, she is. Cool. Oh, and she has a good part in Zootopia. I would imagine. Yeah. She has a great part. Oh well. Uh, well, uh, but, well. Okay. So what were we? What were we talking? Oh yeah. So we were talking about Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah. Yeah. So well, like with Rain to... Man. Yeah, with Rain yeah. Man. Like it's a it's it's another of those like well we gotta have the the white the, the normal white guy like get softened up by the person who's not like him. So. Um, exactly. It's the. You know, this was this movie came out just a year before Glory came out. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. And I think about that. And I think about these two movies in unison because they're both movies where the quote unquote other person is being handled so well. Yeah. You know, Gl- Glory had Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington yeah. both giving incredible work. Uh, Washington won his first Oscar for that. Oh, yeah. And of course that and of course, for some people, winning best supporting actor early in your career is a. Uh, a doom for it for Washington. But not for him. Nope. <laughs> oh, it was only the beginning. Uh, oh yeah. And like, and I think what you're gonna say, I think what what you're about to say is like, yeah, Glory, I think did it well. Where Matthew Broderick was actually a good character, and like he wasn't that flawed to begin with. I don't think like it yeah. was where like they actually treated uh, Morgan Freeman and Denzel Washington as people. Like like they put their characters into the historical context, but I don't think they, like, from what I remember, I don't think they it's rang a- much cheap sympathy it's, from them it's better at this but it's still another movie that shouldn't have done that is what it oh yeah out. it should have done it yeah. but like i feel like it did it better than a lot it did of it other better movies. but yeah but i mean i'm but here's the thing and that would be okay okay this was from 1988 yeah that would be okay it was just 28 years ago you know if it was just you know but we're still seeing that trope we're yep. still seeing any depiction of autism it's how does it affect the parents Mm-hmm. Oh God! I don't yeah. give a rat's ass how it affects the parents. To be perfectly blunt, that's yeah. what all autism advocacy groups, aside from uh, groups like ASON that was mentioned earlier, yeah, they're all about. Well, how does this affect the parents? Um, Fuck you know, the parents! <laughs> I don't care. I, yeah. I I don't I don't care. Um, it's ironic that uh, a. Uh group called autism speaks does not actually speak uh, don't, don't we're not get getting into started them. yeah do not get it we're not we're not getting into that yeah and none of us none of us i know that nobody on this call is a fan no so well we're, okay we're well, gonna... well real quick though i feel like you know uh the whole parent thing i feel like it's it's the same thing as if if, if you're like gay or if you're trans mm-hmm. like it's another thing where, like, you know, parents are, are are brought up in a thing where they're they're taught to think a certain way. So when their kid acts like in a way that's not normal or what thinks is normal, 
like they're they're all caught off guard. It's like, well, we must do something. It's like, how about let them be who they are? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's 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 all it's yeah. all, it all comes together. Like I feel like like I don't know if you remember this, Austin, but I remember when uh, on Twitter we were talking to uh, our good friend uh, Lexi Alexander, and yes. um, it was on one of it was like I forgot what issue it was, but she I think we were talking to her about something, and she's like, yeah, like I mean I'm glad that autistic people like share so much sympathy for other people because you know, and we're like, yeah, because like we actually understand because you know we're yeah we're like exactly that. yeah. I, I, I've got no end of positive will towards her. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I just want to watch Supergirl and Arrow just for her episodes. We're, we're going, we're actually going to be doing that in May. We're going to be, we're going to cover all three. We're going to cover that. We're going to cover those and Limitless. We're going to cover all of them. Oh wow, cool. We're, we're going to do an episode. And we're going to, we're going to look at uh, her three episodes. We're so happy for her. And she, yeah, she, she was right that we do. Uh, did anybody notice uh, Gail Simone yesterday? Yes. No, yes. I haven't. I haven't read it. Okay, first of all, Gail Simone is just one hell of a writer. I absolutely oh, yeah, love great. her work. She wore red yesterday. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, she wore red uh, as her way of supporting the autistic community. Yeah, uh, same ally. Yeah, I did too. I did. Hey, too. you know what? I feel like she's like one of the very few comic writers who actually like can handle all the ugliness of the industry. Like she like she mm-hmm. she dodges a lot of it and has fun with it. She she said a really great thing uh, uh, in regards to uh, sexism in comics. It's like okay, just to prove just to prove that yeah, it does exist. I was in a line for Deadpool where. A guy was trying to explain who Deadpool was to me. It's like, look, <laughs> I am mentioned in the film. <laughs> yes, yes, which is true. Nice. Which is true. Okay, so yeah. what? So what did she say yesterday, or or was it the whole wearing red thing? It was the wearing it, red it, thing. Yeah, okay. wearing red. All right, cool, nice. I, I loved that. That that made me happy. But again, we have in our lives. So many of us have written books to the point where. When I wrote my own book, I ha- I knew I had to go self-published because there were just too many other people out there. The market's flooded with our voices. I'm not alone in blogging. There's 800. There's 800 is probably a low ball of how many blogs there are. We are out there. We are speaking, and yet we continue to get our media filtered through the trope of the standard person because no one is trying to understand us. Nope. As characters, because they're afraid, because it's like because they can't grasp that we have inner lives. No, so we don't get them in movies. Um, no, that's and that's a shame. Um, I feel like, uh, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you're trying to segue into like other movies that are yes, doing I this. Am. I okay, am. well, I mean, go ahead. really, honestly, I don't know that I have that much more to say about Rain Man. To be honest, me neither. I mean, I I'll take it as like it's like I said earlier, like it's it's a flawed film, but I feel like it's like you said. It gets some things right in like select scenes, right. like the scene where uh, where Tom Cruise remembers him from his youth, like that he was the yeah. one singing to him. I almost teared up. I'm like, okay, this is a the, good scene. The, yeah, like most of the movie I don't like, but like this scene here is great. Like, it's 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 a frustrating movie because it does have yeah. some really good scenes, but again, it just codifies so much that people took and ran with. Um, yeah. The biggest issue I think that I have with so many movies that are dealing with autism today, though, is that they're afraid to actually say it. Like, oh yeah, and you know what? Uh, I think, um, I think uh, that that's part of the reason. Well, one, I don't know if it's too early to open this yet, but like, I feel like b- because of movies like Rain Man and the movies that followed after, I feel like most like a lot of average people 
in the public. I feel like they always confuse autism with either mental retardation or uh, or Asperger's or anything. They just feel like it's all the same thing when really mm. it's not. It's far from it's very, it's very different. Thing. And I feel like that's the fault. That's the fault of like some of this media out there. The movie, well, not so much Rain Man because they actually did make an effort for the doctor to kind of distinguish it, even though the audience ignored it mostly. Mm-hmm. But like other movies, you know, like um, like I, like we're gonna get into them. But like, yeah, it's just like I feel like they they put that image out there enough to where people don't do research, or the movie itself doesn't do enough research to where people Ugh. run with it and be like, oh, well, he's a retard, or like, oh, whatever. It's like, yeah, well. No. Okay, the big issue that we're having right now is that there's become this codification of the idea that um, Asperger's equals asshole, basically. Yeah. And that's something uh, that far that. from true. I'm so sick of that. And you know what? I, like, the worst thing is that I used to listen to this movie podcast where, like, you know, they had comment sections where people, like, chime in on their podcasts. And, like, some of them would be like, oh, man, like, well, that person must have Asperger's because, you know, he's, like, being uh-huh. all specific and stuff. And, like... Wow, like way to way to not accept constructive criticism. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hear that all the time. I hear that. I've had to do blog entries on this, so keep in mind. Austin, um, Austin knows what he's talking but about. But like, okay, I, I do, I do. This I do know. I mean, but like, I mean, I want to remind everybody that this morning I was showing my father ultrasound pictures of my forthcoming daughter with my wife. I'm not an asshole. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm like if you're saying, such an I'm, asshole, yeah, you wouldn't have a, a wife or yeah. You know, I mean, I've you been know. in a relationship for about five years, and uh, you know, it's bearing fruit. Yeah, uh, and that's and that's another mis- misconception is that you know people think that especially like you know with autism, yeah, they they put out this image like oh well they can't be helped you know they're they're ruined their lives are ruined it's like no they can find lives for themselves you just don't give them enough faith or enough uh, like yeah, not, not only that but. Uh, the whole idea of infantilizing autism, like so much of what's out there is white middle-class children. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have everyone else just thrown under the rug. Yeah, pretty much. To the point where like the, like the My people who were diagnosed too. in the nineties, such as myself, we're coming of age. Yeah. And what, what do we have out there for us? Nothing. nothing. Not a like, lot. No. Next to nothing. No. You know, there's my wife last year actually got me a self-published book by um, a POC uh, autistic teenager. It was excellent. Oh. What? what? What's it um, called? Uh, Autism in my own words. I forget what the writer's name is, which is killing me because I want to recommend it. It was yeah. Phenomenal. I'll look up the title though. Yeah, I'll, I'll look that up. It yeah, good. I, I want to find it because uh, he, but he was uh, a POC, and I, I liked that. But I mean, yeah, it's white middle, you know, and let's be honest, white middle class, that's, that's my life. Uh, male. Yeah. Male. Yeah, me I mean, but there's, but yeah, it's so, when you see it, when you see it depicted by name, it's always a white middle class male. Jalen O'Neill? Yes, I think that was it. Yeah. Okay. Is cool. it, is the color kind of like a kid's drawing? Yeah. Yeah. Picture of a house. I'm almost certain that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. It's an excellent book. And oh, real let's quick, include uh, a link to yeah, real quick. Um, when I meant to say, like, you know, people confuse autism with Asperger's and uh, mental retardation, um, I, I forgot to mention Down syndrome too. Like, I feel like Ugh. people lump, lump that into which, and, and if you, if like, if people actually have half a brain, they they would know that Down syndrome people are some of the nicest people you ever meet. So, since Asperger's and autism are more or less the same thing, especially now as of the DSM five, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But like, you think about okay. 
when you do, as you said, when you see it depicted, but what I'm noticing more than anything else is because they're afraid of what's going to come from having to do a specific diagnosis, what you always get instead is ambiguous autism. Yeah. And that leads to getting, that leads to autism being com- uh, added to another thing that it shouldn't be added to, which yeah. is sociopathy. Uh, uh, that's something I'm noticing is a lot of people are starting to confuse um, people who are functional autistics. And I, again, I hate that term, but let's just use it Yeah, with sociopaths. Yeah. And I think, no. and I think, the, I know. And I think the peak, I think what really kicked it off mostly was uh, after uh, Sandy Hook. Yeah. Oh, God. But you know what? Which, like, it's, you know, it's an isolated incident. It's just that, you know, people ran with it. I've, I've read up on that and I've read up on what actually oh, happened. Oh, me too. There. Yeah. There was it's, so it's, much, it's, so much it's failure. Mostly, yeah, it's mostly the mom's fault when you think about it because she was mm-hmm. an NRA member. She kept her guns unlocked and she took her kids out to shooting ranges. So it's like, okay, we know and who. <laughs> she did, uh, and she did an absolutely nightmarish job of helping her son through this. Oh, yeah. Some of the worst mental health care. I mean, look, I'm going to be blunt. I'm in therapy. I'm on meds. I'm doing things to get get my health to get my health dealt with, okay? She did none of that. But, like, you deal with that stuff. You deal with that But, yeah, you've got this sociopathy thing. One of the things that's really done it, and it's something that I even love, that's the frustrating thing, is Sherlock. Even though they explicitly say that the character is not autistic, they've even underlined that a few times on the show. People still don't listen, and they still think of the character as autistic. Uh, That's unfortunate, because I haven't watched Sherlock, and this is the first time I've heard this, and I'm like, uh... Really? And something that they... Look, I love Sherlock. I I love the hell out of it. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge Sherlock Holmes fan. Um, Always have been. But But the whole thing about that character is, he's a very specific character. He is a very specific individual. For one thing, he actually does have a very intense inner life that the show depicts at length. He's, uh, but he's, and and he identifies as a sociopath, not as autistic. The show yeah. underlines that repeatedly. People still don't care. They still lump him. He even says that in the first episode. Never mind that. We found the case. According to someone, the murderer has the case, and we found it in the hands of our favorite psychopath. Not a psychopath, Anderson. I'm a high-functioning sociopath. Do your research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a specific instance. I, I, I love the show, but because people are over- ignoring that, it becomes one of the big ambiguous situations. Yeah. Uh, you've also got – you've also got – okay, again, that's a situation that I love. Um, and it, it didn't help that Cumberbatch then went and played Alan Turing who almost certainly was autistic. And I'm going to probably commit a little bit of heresy here. I actually didn't mind the imitation game. I actually wasn't that bothered by it. Yeah, I heard it was like out, out of like the really bad Best Picture nominees that year. I heard it was like, no, it's the one that's okay. Like, it's, 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 yeah, I'll say, I'll say this. If they had gone on ahead and used the A word, for one thing, it actually got a lot of its, okay, it got a lot of facts wrong, but it actually got a lot of the facts of Turing's homosexuality correct, uh, including okay. his... Uh, profound uh attraction to uh, a, a friend that when the friend died crushed him and destroyed okay. him i mean it, yeah i kept hearing it was better than uh, the theory of everything at least oh yeah and yeah. and cumberbatch does a phenomenal job in that uh he, he actually like as someone who's trying to do autistic an autistic performance 
because again, Turing almost certainly was uh, the, the historical that, record. Yeah. The historical record indicates that he was. Okay. Cumberbatch actually does an absolutely phenomenal job. In uh, a lot of his ticks are correct. A, there's a lot of nervous stammering. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of social anxiety that you sometimes okay. don't see painted, which is real and which I liked seeing. And again, it's it's a good performance. Uh, cool. But but you but okay, you've got cases like that. Then you've got the ones that are really ambiguous, like where basically what it is is they want to get away with having autistic characters, but they don't actually want the guilt of them. You know, the way to that diagnosis. So that's where you get things like, inc- I don't even, it was incredibly loud or extremely, oh, extremely loud, loud and incredibly close. Yeah. Ugh. Where they deliberately uh, dodge. And the curious incident of the, whatever the hell the name of that damn book oh, is. The, the dog yeah. The, that, yeah. 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 I, I they, hear it's being made into a movie, but I'm don't like, see it. Don't want to see I, it. I haven't touched any of the literature on it yet, but I'm curious. Incident. Yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that they they deliberately avoid saying that it's autism. Uh, and then of course there's the grand. Okay, there's the there's the one ambiguous character that really isn't ambiguous because they've kind of said it a few times. Uh, Abed on Community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Okay. I haven't watched Communities, but so that's. Interesting Which here. let me let me be clear. They do at least allude to it. They do at least talk about it. In the first episode, as a matter of fact. You know, I thought you were like Bill Murray in any of his films, but you're more like Michael Douglas in any of his films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have Aspergers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Asperger. It's a serious disorder. It really is. So serious, why don't they call it meningitis? <laughs> yeah. Asperger. Yeah, and Abed's awesome. Abed okay. actually, as a portrait of us, is awesome. He's actually great. So it sounds. Actually, so it actually, sounds like a good version of Big Bang Theory. That's what I was building to. You knew <laughs> yeah, I was, I was building say it. that. Yeah, I knew that. Because like you know, like on the on the flip side, like sociopathy, you got the people who think, oh well, all uh, Aspergers and autistics are like nerds and that's how they act. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, many of us are, many of us are quite socially adept. Um, and you know, what's, and you know, what's sad is that, um, whenever I have dinner with my grandfather and my aunt, like every once in a while, it's like, Hey, you should watch that show. Big bang theory. I'm like, why? It's like, Oh, they're like, they're just like you. I'm like, no, they are <laughs> no, not. They're <laughs> not. Uh, let's here's, here's how I feel about big bang theory. I watched the first couple of seasons and I actually, thought it was pretty decent. I mean, I enjoyed it at least to a degree. Yeah. The longer that it has gone on, the more agonizing it has gotten to watch. And the more clear it becomes that what they're trying to do is a cartoon of autism. Yeah. But because they, but, but again, because they won't say it, they can get away with it is what yeah. they think. Yeah. And if they have the characters act awkwardly enough, like they'll have the audience fill in the blanks like, oh, he must be this. It's like, no, no. Sheldon Cooper has done us a good deal of damage. Um, oh, fucking Jim Parsons. Right. Yeah. Uh, not a, not a, what, what good is there to say about that situation? You know, here's what Sheldon Cooper is. Sheldon Cooper is for people who don't understand that Jason, that Jason Fox is the much better version of Sheldon Cooper. Uh, J- Jason Fox from Foxtrot is Sheldon Cooper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I remember, yeah. Talking about this. Yeah. That's actually a very good comparison. Yeah. Yeah, because Jason Fox, but the difference is that Jason Fox is a kid. He's yeah. allowed to be, act that way. Yep. And he's even and it's even established that he's 
juvenile for his age. Like they even make that a point in the comic strip of pointing out that he's acting too young for his age. Yeah. That's actually underlined because Bill Amend actually knows how to do comedy right. You you and I were talking yeah. about this the other day. I stress, if you go back to it, you're going to be very happy with it. Oh, uh, yeah. I, he's a celebrity in Foxtrot. I stress, if you go back to it, you will not be disappointed. It's still hilarious. In a, in a uh, side, uh, Bill Amend is a Kansas City native. Yes, he is. Yeah, he, he lives But again, <laughs> nice. but you know it, but you know, there's an interesting difference there. Um, okay, Amend actually is a math geek. He actually is a huge sci-fi fan. He is a monstrous Game of Thrones fan. He's mm. a huge, huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Mm-hmm. This is in the strip is stuff that he's not making up. He's oh, not. No. Really? And that's what they're doing on Big Bang Theory is they're garbing themselves in it, but they don't understand what they're referencing. Yeah, like they're taking just hot button topics of geek stuff and just like throwing it in like to whatever blueprint sitcom humor they can do. I hate it. I hate, I it, hate it too. Because again, when a mend references something, he references it's genuine. it. Yeah, it's genuine. And that's funnier to me. I, oh, yeah. I don't know. But I mean, again, you have this ambiguous autistic and that's what they think they can get away with. And I don't know if I hate the ambiguous autistic more than I hate the told from the parents perspective. I think I just hate both of them. Yeah, I mean, I hate yeah. both, clearly. I feel like they need to strike a balance where they do enough research and they have the autistic character be the main character. And it, it, it's just, I don't think anyone's done that yet, to be honest. I can't, I can't think of I one have, that's... That's what's killing me is because I really wanted to be able to say, here's a movie or TV show that yeah, I right? like that depicts us. I can't. Uh, the it closest is, yeah. I can come, really the closest I can come is Abed on Community. And that's the... And he's a supporting character. Yeah. Or I, I could be wrong, but actually, but um, have you guys ever seen that Danny Boyle movie, uh, Millions? No. Uh, I don't. Actually, I I think I saw the first ten minutes of it on an airplane okay. back. That's back when it was still a thing, but it's vanished from my memory. I, yeah, I can... that's the thing. I watched it like ten years ago, and from what little I remember, I could be wrong, but I feel like the kid was kind of portrayed. As vaguely autistic, but he was like the main character. Like it was all from his point of view. And if, right. and, yeah. if and if it was from Boyle, it was probably quite good. So uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. like that, that's it's the thing. I'm not sure because because it came out. It, I think it came out right after uh, uh, 20, 28 days later. Yeah, like, it, it was did. Kate's movie. Yeah. So like, I'm not sure. I, I could be wrong. I'm just saying, like from what I, I remember, it did. I believe that's one I haven't seen. That's one of the very few movies he's done I haven't seen because uh, I really like Boyle. Uh, I'm my mother. Mess, my mother sent me a link to the news that they are shooting Train Spotting two this summer. Boy, am I oh, nervous yeah. about that one. I, I am nervous. Yeah. yeah. It's like if it's good, I will be so happy because I love the original. See, I feel like this. Just real quick, I feel like this decade has theme in terms of like unoriginality. I feel like it's been making sequels to the movies that came out fifteen or twenty years earlier. Yeah. I feel like it's it been like a been. trend. And it's been half and half. Like I liked Dumb and Dumber two. I thought that was good. Uh, then there was uh. Uh, we just had one. Um, well, Zoolander two. That was like fifteen years ago. I heard that was. I heard that was pretty bad. Well, actually, I heard some people say it was good. Like they said, there's some evil things to it, but they said like, if you're in the right mood, it's funny. But like other stuff, like you know, uh, what was it? Um, well, you got Independence Day coming out this summer. Mm-hmm. Then... I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. Oh, I'm so hopeful because like you know, it looks and... good. I would say Star Wars, but that exists a bubble unto itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Star Wars. But like, yeah, I feel like the last good episode seven was insanely good. Yeah, I, I got the Blu-ray coming in the mail on Tuesday. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, All right. So anyway, um, I was just gonna say, uh, like you were saying, like I feel like we haven't had that great movie that focused solely on uh, an autistic person, and that's kind of a shame. Or not kind of a shame. It's really a shame. It it is a shame because the one from at least from this decade that's coming to mind right now would be the story of Luke with uh, Seth Green. But I it's heard of that. Yeah, not a lot of people have. It's Which, like it it's on Hulu. You can stream it there for free. But it yeah. I thought it was okay. So but, is, is is it Seth Green playing an autistic? Uh, kinda. Like he's not the main character, but you okay. do. He is, spoilers, revealed that he is autistic, or to put it in the context of when it was made, Aspie. Oh, I'll say this. I know for a fact that there is a movie that I have not yet, well, you saw it and you hated it, so. Mercury Rising? No, I know the big short that ultimately Bale's character turned out to be. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hated the big short. Yeah, I read that, like, I... It was just another ambiguous thing. They just never oh, mentioned it. Well, you know what? I know that in the original script, they actually did confirm it. Oh, so they did? That's, so that's bad filmmaking right there. Uh, oh, yeah, they were too, they were too focused on... They were, they were too focused on getting celebrity cameos to explain the... I'm, 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 I haven't seen it. I, I will not be... Right now, I, I haven't seen the one that feels to me, me like... Neither. Which you, I need to you guys see. need to watch Spotlight. I know. I, I heard... Well, here's the thing. I've heard good things about it, but then I've also heard people say, like, well, it's kind of overrated. Like, it's just so dry. And, like, but I'm like, okay, I feel, I feel like I'll get into a middle ground. I feel here, like I'll here's like the it. Thing. I here's the thing. It's a newspaper movie, and because of oh, my yeah. job, yeah, I have right. to see newspaper movies. Especially because I've heard from people who do work, because, like, the people that I know that work in the newsroom that have seen it said that they thought it was all the president's men level accurate. Yeah, that's what I've yeah. heard. I've heard comparisons to that. Yeah, so. Which, yeah, it's that's... pretty much all the president's men for my generation. Good, cool. good. We and needed with, that. We needed and with that. that cast, like, I'll see, it, I'll see it for the cast by itself. Yeah, so. I, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine those actors being terrible. I, no, not at all. No, not Speaking, at all. By the way, on Michael Keaton, I am. I didn't realize that Robert Siegel, uh, who wrote The uh, Wrestler, wrote The Founder. Oh, yeah, uh, well. Well, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it because it's John Lee Hancock. I'm just like, okay, he's gonna make it. I'm, I'm hoping that. Shit. Yeah, but here's the thing. From what I'm understanding, that script is so acidic and angry. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Like people, people compared it to like There Will Be Blood or something. Like, in terms yeah, of, I've like, heard, and I've heard that there is basically no way that Hancock could actually. Well, keep in mind, Hancock also wrote A Perfect World, so did he? Know, yeah. I, wow. I did yeah, not he, know that. So he knows how to get away from it. I'm really hopeful for that movie because I want, first of all, I want Keaton to get his Oscar. Me too. I, I, yeah. I want Keaton to get his Oscar. Secondly, this is such a fascinating and dark story. Robert Siegel, yeah, he, that intrigued me. I don't know if you ever saw a big fan, but that was I've pretty not, good too. Which, it's it's I, the one with Pat Oswalt. Oh yeah, Pat Oswalt. Yeah. I need to see that. Yeah. I need to see that. I need to see that. Um, getting back to this whole idea though of we don't have the great movie. We don't no. have one. No. We don't even have the great TV show, which is funny because we're in this quote-unquote golden age for TV. But I'm no, but I can't help but notice it's awfully white. Yeah. It's awfully white. It's awfully straight. It's awfully, you know, I don't know. Neurotypical. 
Very neurotypical. Yeah. Netflix, please get on that. I There's well, room here. Well, well, from what I've heard, Sense8 fixes that. Oh, Sense8's excellent. Sense8's yeah, phenomenal. I, I've yet to see Sense8, but I know for a fact that uh, Girl Meets World actually did an autism episode. And I've heard they, they actually used the word. And I've okay. heard they did a good job with it. Good. Yeah, well, of course, you know, that's job, a show that's getting but... a lot of attention for the fact that they may be kind of dancing around some very serious issues on that show. As it should. Oh, yeah. At least if the shippers have their way. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, but, so um, I don't know if we're going to get into headcanon or, or if you already touched the pod. Yeah, let's, let's get into headcanon. Yeah, let... This is a good time. Because I was going to say, like, when uh, – I forgot who mentioned who. It was a character. Uh, oh, no, my, uh, when uh, Albert mentioned My Little Pony. Yeah. Uh, it made me think back to uh, when I was a kid when I watched stuff like uh, Ed and Eddie and uh stuff like that where like they, or even spongebob like they always like a lot of these cartoons i watch like they have one character who's the comic relief but if you look into it enough you like you can make an argument like well this character's kind of either has a mental thing going on or something like like i always thought ed, ed like uh, um the, the yellow skin get one the one to wears the green jacket like people always say well he's kind of like you know off he's kind of like either like mentally retarded or something it's like eh i mean i guess it's nice that you think like put that much thought into it but i think they just made him goofy just because he's, he's a cartoon character but yeah same yeah. thing with patrick from spongebob like people like make jokes about that too but like it's just i don't know if that's patrick's much just shit. patrick yeah patrick's patrick <laughs> he's great as patrick but i mean i don't I, I don't get pissed when people mention that i'm just like okay well i guess they picked up on it enough to where they think that that's the case but Eh, I mean, it's, I don't really have much opinion of it either way. I mean, I guess, I like, either. if that character's acting as more goofy than anybody else, I guess that's the reason, but... I think my favorite headcanon, probably the all-time, probably the ultimate headcanon for autistics is uh, Spock. Yeah. Oh! Oh, I've never heard that. Oh, he's, really? he's because the one... Oh, well, actually, you know what? I take that back because that makes sense because of the whole no emotions thing. Okay, I gotcha. Like, between Spock and Data, I've seen those two characters pop up in a lot of literature written about us from from the 80s and 90s. At okay. least what I can scrounge around in, in my and house. In all fairness, I don't mind Spock being brought up because no. Spock's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's a great character. And, and let me just clear clear something up. I've, I've never been a huge uh, Star Trek fan. I've just never watched a lot of it, so that's why I wasn't familiar with it. So. Yeah. Forgive yeah. me. I, I, let me turn in my geek card. <laughs> that's okay. Ethan. <laughs> anyway. But no, yeah, that is an, that's a good argument, though, because, like, uh, it's funny how I'd never even picked that up by myself, because, you know, I, I knew about the whole Vulcan thing of having no mm -hmm. emotions and everything, so I'm like, wow, I'm surprised I, I never saw it that way. The other thing about him is he's half-humans, and, mm -hmm. you know, he can't, like, he clearly actually does have emotions. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah. He struggles between worlds. That's why he of all those characters is the one that we like the most. And I mean, I love the character. I, I'm totally yeah, on board great. with this feeling. Because he's struggling with being in two worlds that he doesn't really understand either. And yeah. I think we relate to that. I think we fundamentally get that not really belonging. It's, it's yeah, it's tricky. And I mean, I, I'm just getting that right now, and actually blowing me away right now. I'm like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, and I mean, again, and of course, uh, you know, the character they've and they've always been very good to the Trek has always been very good to the community. They've always been very supportive. Oh yeah. And, oh well, uh, well, I, I'll say in my own head. Can, I don't know if it counts as head can, but I guess it, I, I, I guess it can technically. But um, and we've talked 
talked about this earlier, maybe about a month back on Twitter. But um, my favorite, or at least the one I put out, is uh, Adam Sandler from Punch Drunk Love. Yes. Like, yeah. Oh, big time. Yes. Like, cause I I gotta say, like, if 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 there if like let's say like you know we took out like movies. Okay, let, let's say like we were talking about how there's no great autism movie. Like, let's say like we put out, let's say we like kind of cross out the qualifiers. Like, okay, okay, it doesn't have to mention autism. Doesn't have to do this. I would I would pick Punch Drunk Love because that is like yeah. a movie. Yeah. Really. Since the Magnolia cast, I actually did rewatch that. And yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic. It's a hell of a movie. Like yeah, it, it is. Yeah, and it's not just autism. Like you could you could fit it in with like any sort of person who who's feeling isolated or yeah, uh, uh so, or doesn't have much self respect. It's such a wonderful movie in that sense. But yeah, I think if you were to if you were to say okay, take out the qualifiers, head cannon. Oh yeah, Punch Drunk Love would immediately be the great movie. It would be yeah, tough. it would. And of course, you know that played. It's it's poignant because that actually played a very powerful role in my life growing up. Uh, that movie that when I went to go see that, that actually played a very vital role in my autistic life. Actually, yeah, I can uh, see that because I went to see it with a group of friends, and that was the first time that I'd ever quote unquote done anything normal on a like normal socializing. Oh wow! Or or like it felt or that like felt normal. It, you know, like that I'd gone out with a big group of people. That was like the first oh, time yeah. I'd ever really done that. And of course, I never stopped doing that. I wound up yeah. doing that for years to come after that. With the, and I'm yep. still in touch with some of those people. Um, I I don't know. I mean, that's that that's a good point. But I don't know. I just and that's and again, like I mean, I say that, but I realize that you know it's kind of like feeding into the ambiguous. Thing. It is ambiguous, but if there had been one line codifying it and saying that it was it would have made no difference to the rest of the film. It would have, I would still feel that way about it. Well, well here's yeah. the thing though. Like, I don't, like, I don't know if you remember, but when he's at that party with his sisters, they keep calling him a retard. Yeah. 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 Ooh, I there's feel, a detail that's. And, yeah. and, and I feel like, yeah, like, I mean, you know, it, it could be just the, the sisters being mean characters, but you, let's face it. Like, I think all, I think me, Austin, Thomas, I feel like we've had at least one instance where someone mis mislabeled us as that. I wrote about it at length in the book. I wrote about it at a very real length in the book. Yeah, I imagine. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. One of the things that the movie, like, just... I hesitate to say it heavily suggests, because it kind of outright states it. You know, that's kind of why he is how he is. Like, all the violent outbursts that oh, yeah. he has are directly related yeah. to his sisters just treating him like shit. You were kids, and you were building a ramp for the dog, and you threw a hammer through a window, you... Threw a hammer straight through a sliding glass door. Is that right? Threw a hammer. I don't remember doing that. <sighs> My sister's a liar. I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. By the way, the meltdowns that he has in the movie are pretty spot on. Actually, they are. They're, yeah. Yeah. They're so real. They are so real. The way that he talks. Ugh. Yeah. See, God, like, whatever. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I just solved our own problem. I feel like, yeah, if we if we just eliminated that those qualifiers, that's the good. That's the the great autism movie. I think we had right there. Yeah. Hmm. Nice. It always. Uh, God bless is, you, PTA. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. I. Uh, I did not realize, by the way, how many kids he has with Maya Rudolph. Oh, yeah. They've been, like, together for a while. 
Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's just an awesome couple right there. It is. They're both awesome. Yeah. She deserves so much better than she has gotten that it's sad. Uh, I know. Like, I, I, I look at it the same way, like, with Chris Pratt and uh, Anna Faris. Like, where I think Anna Faris is super talented, maybe as more or more talented than Chris Pratt. But Chris Pratt's getting all, like, the leading man roles and stuff. So I'm like, no, Anna Faris is great, too. Yeah, well, in all fairness, she, in all fairness, she, uh, opted for TV. It's, you know, yeah, it's true. It, it but, you know specific what? Dis- but you know what, though? Like, if Margot Robbie wasn't cast as Harley Quinn, oh my gosh, she would have been amazing. She'd been perfect. I will absolutely say this, though. Perfect. Robbie absolutely looks like she's got that part down to a. Oh, she key. does. Yeah, definitely. Ugh. I'm just, I'm just Which saying, like. Which is good that, because the costuming, I hate it so very much. Oh my God. Like, I and mean, we talked about that before, but like, I, I just hate that. I've, I've hated this whole new era of Harley Quinn fandom where it's like, what happened to the Jester suit? What happened to the Batman anime yes. series thing? Why does she, she look like a cross between Iggy Azalea and uh, a clown? Like <laughs> the saddest part is that if you take away that stuff, the new 52 run of the character is absolutely oh, wonderful. Great. Yeah. Amanda it's Connor. Uh, Amanda uh, Hardy, uh, Chad Harden's art is great. Yeah. I, honestly, I honestly, I said, here's the thing. I tell people you get one issue in, you really stop caring because oh, yeah. you're, too caught up in the fact that she's acting so correctly as a character. That's good. So that's my, that's my advice to people is just ignore it and focus on the character be, and because she acts absolutely perfect. She's even still got the wonderful thing going on with Ivy, uh, which oh, nice. I, love. I love that. I love. Yeah. So that's my, but yeah. Um, but like with uh, Rudolph, cause I really want to get back to this real quick. Have you seen Away we go? No, I haven't. Oh, Oh, wow, that's a movie that I actually recommend. That's a movie that is so much better than its reputation states. Like, it's thought of as this very hipster movie because it's from Dave Eggers. No, well, it's, and, it's actually... It's no, good. it's uh, Sam Mendes, too. Yeah, but Eggers did the script, but yeah. yeah it's, what it's, I'm saying is that maybe the reputation has to do with, like, I know a lot of people who hate Sam Mendes for American Beauty. But oh, which he's I'm made, one of them. I know, I'm but he's made great movies. Like, Road, yes. Road, Road to Perdition is amazing. This is this is that mode of him. This is that. Okay, good. Uh, it's it's a wonderful, very profoundly human film, and Rudolph should have been nominated for best actress for it. Oh, okay, I can. It should that. have been the thing that absolutely changed her career, and it wasn't. And it's frustrating. Oh well. I, I don't know what it is about uh, S about women on SNL because you know, of course, we brought up Slade earlier. She of course was on there for two years, and and then um, she got kicked off because she dropped the f bomb on the air, right? Oh, really? No, actually, that happened in her first episode. That wasn't why she was fired. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I the reason why it. she was fired is despicable, though. Before we close out, we um, we, we were doing a little bit of chat briefly, and uh, a question was brought up. Uh, Thomas, you were the one that was going to – I think both of you were actually going to ask this. Mm-hmm. What is the worst depiction of autism that we've seen? There's a lot to choose from. There is. Yeah. Now, um, this might be your guys – at least one of your guys' answers, I'm sure, but uh, Molly. No, I I haven't seen it. Uh, with Elizabeth Shue? Oh, God, I've saved the hell of that one. <laughs> See, I have two, but what little I've seen, I'm like, nope, nope. nope. <laughs> yeah, the trailer was enough for me to go, nope, not going okay, anywhere well, near that. One scene I they clearly didn't show in the trailer was, uh, I guess, her brother's played by either Thomas Jane or uh, Aaron Eckhart. They're both it in the was movie. Aaron Eckhart. It was Aaron Eckhart. Well, it's funny because they're both in the movie and they look so much alike. So I know. <laughs> anyway, no, but there's a scene where uh, Aaron Eckhart he's he's in a he's his job he's he's at like a board meeting or something, and out of nowhere, I guess like 
Elizabeth Shue was kept in like his office or something. Like it's like, okay, stay here for a bit. She strips down naked and goes into the board meeting and she's like, Molly hot, Molly hot. I'm just like, Oh my fucking God. I'm so glad I've not watched this movie. Oh yeah. Well, (laughs) um, (laughs) my personal worst, it, it used to be extremely loud and incredibly close, but last year I found one that dethroned it. Okay, Uh-oh. I'm curious. Mercury Rising. Oh yeah, I remember really. when you were tweeting about that. My, oh, my god. god, that was a mess. Oh man. It's like <laughs> the kid is poor, is supposed to be autistic, but he comes across as a zombie. Uh, yeah. And yeah. It, it's very, he's essentially the plot device and Alec Baldwin is trying to kill him because some reason or another. And the, the crowning point at the end of the film that's supposed to make you go awe is the fact that the kid finally hugs someone. Uh, I'm so sick of that. Yeah. Well, you know what? The only good thing about that movie, I guess, is it came out like a year or two before the sixth sense. So it caught people off guard. Like, wait, this is another lame, Bruce Willis with a kid movie, but then they saw it's like, oh wow, this movie's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> the only good thing about Mercury Rising that I found was the nice shiny hollow foil cover that came with the tape. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. They put effort in for that movie. Oh please, they put effort in for the uh, direct-to-video Jack Frost movies. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> put a lot of effort into those covers. Oh man. Well, I'm just talking about like you know embroidered stuff or whatever, like the, embossed. Uh, embossed. No, but I mean like those yeah. were those were th- those were like you'd change the cover and the picture would change. You'd you'd shift the box and oh yeah, that, that yeah, oh yeah, particular. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, but yeah, bad. Mercury Rising was by far the worst I've seen so far. So far, yeah. So far, I'm feel- sure there are worse because I've heard of one. One Hallmark film with uh, Rosie oh. O'Donnell. Oh, I heard oh, about geez. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I found a copy of it the other day while shopping, and I'm like, do I really want to buy this? No, no, you don't. No, no not. <laughs> I heard about I, I was there when that happened. I'm like, yeah, that movie sounds all sorts of terrible. I'm thinking of ending this cast with uh, uh, the stinger being that clip from Arthur. Oh yeah, that episode. Wait, what clip? There's Arthur. A... There, there's an episode of Arthur where, uh, uh, when Carl met George, where it's like George meets this kid Carl, and he does puzzles of trains because oh. he has to pick off those two boxes routines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, but the one who explains Asperger's is Brain. Am I the only one who still kind of watched Arthur as like within the past few years or is that I remember I've watching it. it. Well, the, the only thing I remember was um, I remember watching this episode where uh, like I, I like when kids shows do this anyway, but like it was my favorite example of this. It was when they were doing these like dream sequences or something where yeah. each dream sequence was animated as like an adult animated show. So one was animated like South Park. Oh was, yeah, that yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah, one was animated yeah, and, like like the therapist. I forgot what show that was. Doctor Cats. Luke, yeah, yeah Doctor Cats. Uh, oh, they that's did cool. One. That was cool. And even as a kid, I'm like, that's South Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, they and 
they actually brought Carl back for a few episodes since his debut, but not a lot, as far as I know. I haven't okay. read Joe and yeah, I haven't seen it in, like eons. But like the one thing I, like I've seen from it that's popped up recently, people use it as a YouTube video. It's I think it's the Rabbit, whatever his name is. Um, Buster. Yeah, Buster. he's like, wow, people get so upset on the internet, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. It's so funny. It's like who would put lies on the internet? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> We've used that clip on this cast. Oh my god, it's <laughs> so good. Arthur's awesome. I, I, I mean, I yeah, there's I, I have some issues with how they did that episode, but yeah. it's kind of like, well, it was well-meaning. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. most things are well-meaning. It's just it's just how it comes off. It's just is the problem. I'm trying to think of what my worst would be. Oh yeah, you haven't said your worst. <sighs> because there are so many specific traits, I'm gonna have to give it to Sheldon Cooper. Uh, yeah, that's a good answer. Because to me, if anything, the fact that they make him so obviously supposed to be one, but refuse to say it because yeah. that means they can get away with whatever jokes they want to make. Yep. I'm sorry. Sometimes you have to go with the biggest target. You have to go with the most visible target because it's the one that deserves it. Yeah, exactly. You know, just as I don't hesitate to put Spielberg on uh, at uh, the top of my director's list. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with uh, I'll go with uh, Sheldon as my worst because and it, here's the thing I wait, don't Spil- think wait Spielberg's the worst director no no, no. <laughs> just kidding Dear just God kidding. Oh, please <laughs> I have taste um yeah. if as I said if it had limited itself to the early episodes and it had and they hadn't gone so much with the relationship I might could have not I might could have not done this but because they keep the character in just this not growing not evolving state. Yeah. I just, it has to be shelved. Well, anyway, uh, well, actually one, la- one last thing I wanted to bring up real quick was, um... Oh, wait, we didn't get Al's. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Al, my? Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't think about this. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was just the autistics answering this. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want his, I want his take. I want his, yeah, okay. I, want, I want his take too. Was, yeah. All right, fair, fair, fair. Okay. The worst case. <sighs> God. So hard, put me on the spot. Uh, you know, it's sad that that's a hard question. I know it, it is, is because it's just it's it's harder. It's harder than it's, it has to be. Yeah, it is. It's because there's too many options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, while you're thinking of one, I was gonna say like uh, yeah. Um, when we were talking about you know like people lumping things together, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but you know I love uh, Tropic Thunder. Um, yeah, the movie. But, like, I can see why people would have an issue with some things in that movie, like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. with the blackface. But I feel like that's a satirical thing. I feel like they pulled that off really well. Like, Well, they pulled it off because they spent every single second that he was on screen screaming out, this is offensive and you shouldn't do it. Exactly. That's what I mean. And actually, a few months ago, I think one of the best tweets I ever made was uh, I said that Eddie Redmayne is uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character from Shadow yes. Thunder come to life. <laughs> it's yes. like, yeah, he's trying so hard. But anyway, um. But I can see why people would have a problem with it, especially when he does that monologue about going full retard. You an artist. Mm. That's what we do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hats off for going there. Especially knowing not the academy is about that shit. Wait. About what? You're serious? You don't know. <laughs> Everybody knows you never go full retard. What do you mean? Check it out. Dustin Hoffman. Rayman, look retarded, act retarded, not retarded. Count two picks, cheated cards, autistic, show, not retarded. They got Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump, 
Slow, yes, retarded, maybe. Braces on his legs. But he charmed the pants off next to him. He won a ping-pong competition. That ain't retarded. Peter Sellers being there. Infantile, yes, retarded, no. You went full retard, man. Never go full retard. You don't buy that? Ask Sean Penn, 2001, I am saying. Remember? Went full retard. Went home empty-handed. Like, I yeah. love that monologue so much. See, I love I love it too, <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, I feel like it's part of I think it, it's somewhat responsible for like the lumping in. It's just another case of people glossing it over and not paying attention to mm-hmm. it. Because he does say, because he mentions Rayman, he's like, he acts retarded, looks retarded, not retarded. <laughs> it's like yeah, and, he, it's, and he makes that great speech about people who've won Oscars for being disabled. It's like, well, look what happened to Sean Penn. He went full retard. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that moment. I really, I mean, I love Tropic Thunder. Period. I love I Tropic Thunder. Such a great movie. It is. And what I love about it is that Stiller actually knew what the hell he was talking about. Yeah. With it, like when he was making the whole Simple Jack thing. Yes. Yeah. I love that parody. I love that is... so much. It's accurate. Your boy's different. His IQ is five. I got a good, good, good. Brain. I think you've got a fine brain, Jack. You make me happy. Because it's someone finally going, okay, this is what's wrong with this trope. Yeah. This is what's wrong with Hollywood. How can you not see that this is offensive? Yeah, <laughs> and that's what I love. I think people miss the point that the characters are supposed to be kind of unlikable as, like, the, the Hollywood actor tropes. So, like, it would make sense that, you know... Robert Downey Jr.'s characters listing off all these things and like realizing how wrong they are. It's like, but no, Simple Jack. I love using Simple Jack because whenever I watch a movie that like feels so by the numbers, like for a certain genre, I'm like, this is the Simple Jack of Blanky Blank. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such a great example to use. But no, I, I love that movie. For you know, it occurs to me that that movie and Walk Hard came out inside of uh, under a year. Yeah, you're wow. right. Wow, we really that was a really good time for parody movies. It was. Yeah. I, I, yeah, real quick. God, I love uh, Walk Hard. Um real quick, uh I know Thomas hasn't seen it, but uh Austin, you saw Batman Superman. Uh, Albert, did you see it? I haven't seen it yet, no. Okay, so it's just me and Austin. Austin, um did you think of Walk Hard when uh Batman hit Superman over the head with the sink? Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's what I think about. How can you not? That's that one of my scene... favorite jokes in any movie was when he goes into the public bathroom and he pulls out all those sinks. Because it was basically making fun of Ray and uh, Walk the Lion, and they basically, you know, in both those movies. I love that. I love that that movie was a flop upon release, but has become such a cultural touchstone for people oh, when no they're referenced. For the record, I thought it was hysterical when I saw it oh, in theaters. I love it. And I actually, the next day, I actually went out and bought the soundtrack because I thought it's the music... Music. Yeah, it's good music. It is, it's just yeah. funny. It's like my favorite song is when he's doing a duet with Jenna Fisher. And it's like, I want you to blow me some kisses. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so good. Oh, oh man. Oh, I never failed to love it. I never failed to enjoy bringing up that movie. And it, it also helped that Riley could actually, you know what, sing, which. Oh, yeah. He's so talented. Yeah, he's, he's great. Uh, I don't know. But, uh, you know, in conclusion and so on and so forth. Albert, you ever figure yours out? I never did. That's oh, well. fine. That stays. With... 
we don't you you don't think about them the way that we do. Other than what you guys, my my pick would be uh, if you hadn't mentioned it. Um, yeah, Sheldon. Yeah, it's the same yeah. answer. Yeah, that or, or just... look up that clip from Molly, and you'll be convinced. Oh, oh I'm so not going to be watching that. <laughs> I I here's the thing. I would watch that, and then I would destroy my computer because I would uh, have yeah. crunched living. In conclusion, and so on and so forth. Come on, we we have voices. We can talk. Um, we're not black mirrors. We're not black. Ugh. Uh, yeah, we're we're yeah. never gonna, we're never gonna stop burning that quote. By the we, way, I just want to say, Thomas, uh, you've been doing an awesome job on Twitter, like doing great retorts to the black mirrors thing. Thank like, you. I know he's been making great, like just very good analogies, just very point of matter, like just like just statements, like yeah, we're this, yeah. we're not that. So. Thank you. Thank you. Did you see the one? Did you catch the one tweet I made yesterday about the blue and red pill? No. I because of what at at the time of recording was. I, I I offered the question: Do you want the blue pill of quote awareness unquote or the red pill of acceptance? Oh, <laughs> I like that. That's pretty good. That's nice. That and. And also referencing network by saying, "Hey, just so you know, we're mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore." Nice. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I saw that one. Yeah, that's kind of the thing that I think is so beautiful about the autistic community right now, is we've stopped being accommodating. We're angry now. Oh yeah. We're we're tired because we do have voices. That's what's so frustrating. It wasn't hard. Like okay, it wasn't hard for us to get us all together to do this cast. No, no. no. Again, you're both vet, you're both previous guests. It, this wasn't hard. This this and hell, I'm on ev- I'm on every single episode of this show. So it was rather easy, actually. Very <laughs> <Yeah>. easy. <laughs> it was fun, and it, uh, we are gonna. By the way, we are gonna do a rush release of this cast. Uh, it's actually gonna go next in the queue. Yes. Yeah, All right. Cool. Yeah, yeah we yeah. do have another one, but you know, just yesterday I thought, you know what? Why don't we just why don't we just put this out there? We're, yeah. We're just we need it's time for the industry to start listening to us. It's time for you know I'm glad I, I'm grateful for what uh, Silverman has done with Neurotribes. I really don't want people to st- to let that be the stopping point. Yeah. I want we need to be heard. Our voices need to be heard. I'm tired of autism speaks being heard. I'm yeah. tired of them getting to dominate the conversation. We are loud. We have voices. And I'm glad that I can continue to work with what I can work with on uh, A Flickering Life. Yep. Though this cast has probably drained my energy for doing anything for that site for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't think anybody will blame me for that. No. We have voices. We're grateful for, you know, I'm grateful for everybody who reads it. And guys, it's been a real pleasure having y'all on. No, absolutely. Oh, and yeah. Thomas, you made a great guest. As oh, always. thanks. You you did too. Well, thank you. Uh, we, did, you listen, we, we, did you listen to my Magnolia episode, by of, the way? Of course, like okay, day yeah. one. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Just yeah. yeah. We really enjoyed having you guys on. Uh, yeah. We will have you all on in the future. Um, Absolutely. Real quick, shout out to our patrons. Uh, Daisy, uh, Sean from No Totally, Sheila, Bridget, Nathan, you guys, thanks for the support. You rock. You know where y'all know where to find us. Um, I'm. Let's not do a full wrap up. I don't have. I don't have the energy yeah. to go through. 
Yeah, it's okay. we'll do for ourselves. So uh, you can find me on Twitter on uh, at Bloody Boy Baxter. Uh, I'm under the name Martha Daniel right now because of Batman Superman. So, yep. um, <laughs> uh, but I also have a blog on WordPress. You can find it under So Now Then. I haven't posted anything recently, but I, I'm trying. But uh, if you'd like to read some older entries there, you're more than welcome to. And mm-hmm. I'm actually one of the more open people on Facebook, so you can find me under Mason Daniel as well. And I figured mm-hmm. if you can give yeah. me a little bit about yourself, I'll friend you. So, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Film Spectrum. You can also follow the gaming channel that I'm working with my friends, uh, Nerd Party, at, at Nerd good. Party. Yeah. And then I'm I'm also working on my own web series, Late to the Party, which is going to be movie reviews where I'm late to the party and getting <laughs> them up, getting them seen. Yeah, that's great. That's a good so, idea. Yeah, that should be coming out soon-ish. I, I still have to finish uh, principal shooting, and then it should be up sometime this month. Sounds All right. The first cool. episode. And Albert? Me? Oh, yeah, you can follow me as <laughs> at <laughs> Primitive Man PRD. And uh, I'll just real quickly say, hey, patreon.com slash thefilmworm. Yep. Uh, yep. And uh, and just one more thing, like uh, Austin made his speech about, uh, you know, us being heard. I just want to say, like, you know, I mean, I'm grateful we were able to have this chance and that, like, you oh, know, we and that, like, people should know that we have the capability to do this. And, like, I think we've been uh, Tom, uh, Thomas, Austin, and I, I feel like we've been through enough, like, shitty, like, handling, whether it be from school, from families, from work. even, like, just work, uh, uh, social interactions. All across the board. I feel like we've we dealt with enough to where we, we need to have uh, our voices being heard. And hopefully, you know, with this with the social media being what it is, we can get get it around faster than than usual. And and also, like, you know, it's it's it's, this, it's a statistic that more autistic kids are being born than, than usual. So hopefully with time. But like I, I feel like we did a really good thing, even if it's like a small dent with this podcast. I feel like we did do a, a heap of good. So thank you, guys. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, and it felt good to get it all out. So absolutely, yeah. Now I have to now I have to go work for nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> that's seriously what's that's seriously what's awaiting me is I get to go work for nine hours. Oh, real quick, Austin, uh, are you friends with uh, Christopher Runyon? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, because I don't know if you ever talked to each other before, but he's been like cranking out scripts like for a I've while. I've noticed. I've noticed. I've noticed. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I think yeah, I, I, I just quite I, I just thought of them. I figured, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know a number of uh, good, talented writers uh, in the community. Oh, and so, since this is off the record, then hi, Chris. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. But I'm gonna have to hang up because I've got to go eat. But guys, it's been a real pleasure. It's been a stellar cast. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, and we'll have both of you back on. In some in some form or fashion, uh, I'm, you guys I'm dreading great. my I'm dreading my return. <laughs> we know how I you're know. coming back. Yes, we know and, how you're oh, coming wait. back. How's he coming back? Because I know when I'm coming back. God's not dead too. Oh, Ooh, it's gonna be painful. Yeah, Dude, you. Well, where honest, do you think? Oh, where well, do you I, think you're? Which one did we say you were coming back for? Because we had a couple options. Uh, uh, the amazing bulk. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're bringing you on for that one. <laughs> What was but the other yeah, one? Oh, when we eventually do finally shred into Forrest Gump, you're coming on for that one. Ah, yes. We never did get to referencing that. That's because we really need to save that for its own cast. 
Yep, yeah. yep that's a good answer. <laughs> that's yeah. one I almost like, considered for my answer. Oh. But oh, that's too. There's too much wrong with that. Yep. So, anyway, by the way, how awesome! How awesome, by the way, is it that Robin Wright is finally starting to have like a lot of better work? Oh my now? god! Right? Yeah. Like, like she's really suddenly like all of a sudden things have really caught fire for her. Um, yeah, and she deserves. She's because she's in Wonder Woman. She's gonna be uh, in. Uh, she's joining Blade Runner too. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard. Yeah, I mean, oh, she, do you know who else is joining Blade Runner too? Uh, Dave Bautista, apparently. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That's you cool. Know, I'm down. I'm down for that. I, I am too. Like, I mean, I'm, I was opposed to it at first, but I'm like, you know what? Let's just see, because it's not really Scott, and it's someone. It's a young guy, fresh face, and so, and it's Ryan Gosling is in it. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see where they're going to go with this. And I, I think I think it's Roger Deakins shooting it too. I uh, it's uh, Villeneuve is uh, directing, so I would imagine it is going to be Deacon shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know he's uh he's shot uh, Villeneuve's prisoners. Uh, yeah, prisoners. And uh, so Cicero. I would ima- or yeah, Cesario, sorry. I'm sorry. Which I still need to see. I've heard I still need such... to see it too. They just I've heard a it's... sequel. Yeah, I've heard it's great from what I've heard. I've heard it's yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Like it... all I've heard is that it's tense. Like people say how tense it is. Like I'm almost tempted. Like I just want to watch it. So for my review, I can post that picture from Phantom Menace where Anakin's th- like, "This is tense." Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've I've heard. Here's the thing. It, I've heard it's uh, Blunt, Del Toro, and Brolin just absolutely knocking it out of the park. So yep. I figure it's probably quite good. All right. So uh, yeah. let's. I guess we should give the official send off. I guess. Yeah, uh, we've pretty much three, done that. two, one. Okay. Well, I didn't Bye, everybody. A collective goodbye or whatever. Yeah. I know we gave our. All right. Yes. Well, official goodbye. Later's. Bye. Hello. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Here's a picture of him. Professor Keith Powers wins Crown City Physics Prize. Wow. Is he a genius? Sort of, but he has a lot of trouble being around other people. Why? His brain just works differently. What's normal to us can seem really strange to him. He described it like this. Imagine you've crash-landed on an alien planet. It looks like Earth, but there are lots of differences. 
A lot of people seem to talk really loudly. Hey! How you doing? Nice to meet you. I'm Francine. And even though you speak the same language, you sometimes have a hard time understanding what they mean. Good night for a banana fight, right? Um, yes? No! I don't know. And things that seem hilarious to you? <laughs> aren't funny at all to them. What's you laughing at? Is it my nose? I have no idea. You're weird. You wish the scientists back on Earth had given you a guidebook to this strange planet, but they forgot to pack one. So you have to try to learn things all on your own. Maybe there's one thing in particular that captures your interest, and you study just that. Hopefully, the people on the planet begin to understand you a little better. Hey, George! Nice... Oops, sorry. Nice painting. Thank you, Arthur. You look very creamy today. And you might even learn to fit in. But you'll always feel a little bit different. 